Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, I'll give you the uh, goal, but uh, you know what? I'm still out of breath after doing it uh, yesterday. Me too. Red Heat Rage Radio, Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Moretti alongside Cam Stewart, although we just saw three goals. Two of them from Belgium. Belgium advances to the Final Four. The World Cup semifinals. Belgium versus France, in which is in, uh, an epic, an epic uh, battle between two uh, sides that are very, very similar uh, to each other in all uh, honesty. Both explosive. So uh, France and Belgium uh, guaranteeing that a French-speaking nation will be represented yes. in the World Cup. Lots of different languages in Belgium. Well, there's one language in Belgium, Cam, French. You know, English, French, uh, they speak a lot of different. Now, Belgium's one of those countries where a lot of people know like three or four languages. Yeah, it's because, true. Because they're bankers and they're smart. <laughs> Because they're bankers. <laughs> like it's like oh, a lot of languages in France. No, Belgium is like one of the few French-speaking countries. They speak English in Belgium too. I've been there. Yeah, but they they speak English in Siberia too. But it doesn't mean it's an English-speaking country. Like, you know, the United States have a lot of different languages being spoken. True. Like, what do they speak? What do they speak in Belgium? What, like Swiss? Like English, one of them. Yeah, but you're right. Primarily French. <laughs> yeah, exclusively French. Exclusively. Yeah, much. You know, you know what uh, Montreal's sister city is? Brussels. Really? Yeah. Why? Nice. Because yeah, right, Montreal right. is a French city. Makes sense. All right. So as I was saying, <laughs> as I was saying, uh, but uh, great insight uh, by Cam. We'll play geography with Cam well, a little actually, bit I'm later good. on. I'm pretty good at geography. You'd be surprised. Yeah, Name a city, I'll tell you because somewhere. Because you're a degenerate gambler. I know you'll know <laughs> You'll know college towns, but if I start going world at you here. Uh, don't give the world a shot, but you're right. I prefer small college town yeah. USA. Yeah, well, you know, big deal. You know where Pullman is. <laughs> you don't want to go there. All right, so, I'd rather go to Belgium. No, I don't. <laughs> so I can't afford Belgium. So... Um, as I was saying, it's going to be a French-speaking, not a lot of languages, a French-speaking um, final because either uh, Belgium or France. And really interesting about this is, too, Terry Henry. Terry Henry. Oh, yes. Uh, Terry Henry, the uh, former uh, Arsenal great and, of course, a uh, French national. And uh, they speak, uh, just for the record, Cam, they speak uh, French in France. You got it. Um <laughs> Just in case there was any, I, I got that one. Just in case there's any, oh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of languages there, yeah, game. Yeah. Luxembourg. So, <laughs> yeah. so Terry Henry, the uh, the oui. former uh, French uh, superstar, French national superstar, hey, amazing. 
He's actually an assistant coach with Belgium going head-to-head against wow. his own team. That's fascinating. That's good little, stuff. Little interesting yeah, storyline, yeah. right? I'm bringing right off the top good, right now. Good nuggets. Yeah. I can't believe how, how much better, too, the French-Belgium game is going to be versus Sweden-England, right? Like, it's our sorry. And then, well, no, we got to play. Uh, Croatia's got to play Russia, too. Uh, old man saying uh, he's calling me out. He's saying most people in Belgium speak Dutch. That's not true. Dutch? Yeah. They actually, Holland, Belgium, no, I, I, old man's might be on to something. It's French. It's a what, French country. Yeah, no, let's just get that. How many? <laughs> Belgium. What are the main languages in Belgium? Let's figure this out. Because uh, it's, you know what? I, I like old man's style. What is the main language in Belgium? I like this. I punch Belgium's name in, and then their, their <laughs> soccer team comes up. Not, not the country. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, seriously. They're hot. The Wikipedia page, first thing that popped up. All right. Here we go. And the Kingdom of Belgium is a country in Western Europe bordered by France, the Netherlands, Germany, and Luxembourg. The Kingdom of Belgium has three official languages, Dutch, French, German. Wow. Yeah, but that's like saying Canada is part of the uh, the Confederation and uh, that you pledge allegiance to the Queen. It says the fr- official language is Dutch. For, hold on here. We're getting, uh, I don't know about your reports, Marenzi. Uh, Wikipedia is telling, telling me different. It says Dutch first at 55%. That makes uh, interesting. Very interesting. Well, how would they speak Dutch? I don't know. That's what it says. <laughs> well, I'm wrong. <laughs> Old man's the official, the official uh, man, fact checker. He sure is. He's a guy very, very, very bright. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Um, I want to know uh, somebody shows up at the airport there in Brussels or what... Uh, what, what are they speaking to you? What, what, what are the signs? Oh, well, oh, like Morency instead of whatever. Yeah, like when you're when you're no, like when you're rolling. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I'm talking about in the airport. Is there like Dutch signs and German signs and French signs? I would say probably all three. If they have three official languages, they'd have to. Uh, uh, that's well, the like thing I about said, those Bel- countries. Well, the thing is, Belgium's like Switzerland. It's just one of these rich banking countries that are all just sort of the part of the cabal, right? Yep. <laughs> it's true. No, no, no. Bel- no, Belgium's really clean, got a lot of money. You know, you bring up good points. A lot of rich people there. Like if people think France is snobby, Belgium's a snobbier yep. France. Belgium's pretty, Belgium's pretty snobby. Good chocolate, though. <laughs> Great beers, too. Belgium is loaded with quality drinks. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Belgium beers, top of the food chain. Yeah, man. You get... Uh, if you serve someone there, like a old Milwaukee, oh yeah, you give somebody a natural it's, ice there, it's not they, going down. Well. They'll actually shank you. <laughs> if, if you give somebody like an old English, you might, you might die. <laughs> no, they drink like pup. Was it? Uh, oh, well, they have so many. What are they, what's uh, Pilsner or Kell and all these other ones? Oh, yeah, they're all like high end. You know, where you use the knife to like rip off the foam. Uh, I like. The top of the I appreciate. It. I know we got a lot of listeners. This yeah. is good because now I like when we're getting different answers too. Yeah. See, Wiley Coyote says there's a two. There's two languages in Belgium: <laughs> French and Flemish. <laughs> <laughs> and the Flems want want to separate, just like Quebec. <laughs> the Flems. <laughs> What do you say, Flemish? That's good stuff. Yeah, Vic Vinegar says uh, Belgium speaks Dutch. Yeah. And uh, someone named Vic Vinegar can't be wrong. 
<laughs> I like the oh Vic Vinegar's a big golf guy. <laughs> big golf guy. No, he's got good good picks. Oh, that's that's what it says. So I guess uh, there's a lot of different languages there. All right. You know what? We need to hear from someone in Belgium now. Yeah, you got to interview somebody in Belgium. No, I got to get on Twitter and say, "Hey, Belgium, what is your official languages?" Right. Yeah, let's go to uh, Belgium, Belgium, uh, Belgium Twitter here. Belgium tourism. No, I want to see like people talking about Belgium. I bet you it'll be a hell of a lot more in French than in Dutch when they're talking about the <laughs> the Belgium soccer team. <laughs> I know I'm on English Twitter. And I need yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's not going to work. All right. <laughs> Pete Annapolis going to join us. He's from Greece. They speak Greek there, I guess. They do? <laughs> my, my assumption. <laughs> you, know in, uh, you know in Amsterdam, they don't uh, sell weed to uh, or hash to tourists anymore? Really? Yeah. They're trying to kill the tourist industry, evidently. When I went to Amsterdam... Uh, not only did they encourage it, they basically they had multiple menus. Uh, we went on a Heineken tour down the little canal too for like uh, fifteen euro, all you can drink. Like they were, they really promoted partying when I was there, but that was a long time ago, Gabe. That was like fifteen years ago. Yeah, I was in Amsterdam about uh, thirty years ago, yeah. and it was pretty decadent. It it's a beautiful place. Pretty decadent, nearly Gorgeous. as decadent as this uh, this woman. And this is uh, this is an interesting one. <laughs> Decadent as this woman. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know this. Which, which woman? This one's kind of uh, it's kind of sensitive. It's, uh, looks like a nice girl. She looks tough. Yeah, she doesn't look like some. Yeah, she looks like the type. She that looks like, like, she, like put yeah, a shard of glass in your neck while you're sleeping. Yeah, she'll punch you in the face. This. Oh yeah, oh, yeah definitely, and and it'll hurt. Yeah, Wisconsin police found thirty six point six seven grams of cocaine. 14.72 grams of meth, 27.8 grams of synthetic weed, six MDMA ecstasy pills. Wow, raver. And one gram of marijuana. On this chick? In this chick. They found all of this in her vaginal cavity. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's big. That's a that's, very, yeah, very, like that's, that's, what that's I'm a huge like, area. Like, I don't even know where to go with this. No, really. I'm going to say that that area is, uh, if you could pack that much in, like that's a, that's like a travel bag. She's got a suitcase down there. Sort of like a, uh, it's like a uh, tennis yeah. tennis ball in a bowling lane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you got that one from, but I like it. I like to make a, up a, my own. A tennis ball in a bowling lane. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like rolling a tennis ball down a bowling lane. Sorry, man, my heart hurts. Like I'm thinking, this chick should have been like at the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. <laughs> just stick them in. Well, I'm just thinking like her skill level is obviously pretty high. Like you know, honestly, like. She should be in movies. That's a lot of. You yeah. said it like that's a, that was a, that's a that's big, a laundry list. This is like a dream girl, like all all down there too. Yeah, it's, a it's like she's a walking freaking pharmacy. It's a dream girl if your pecker's a two liter bottle. <laughs> it's a dream girl if you're a drug addict. <laughs> that too. Man, you just go to town down there. <laughs> You're right. It's like, Man, it's like what's that? Imagine if, you, imagine if you didn't know. You just went home with this chick. And, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, you went down, and you're in big trouble. <laughs> You're out for a few days. 
Yeah, if you went for the <laughs> uh, the, the, the old the the old Australian uh, French kiss. Yes, the Australian French kiss. Same as a French uh, kiss, except uh, lower. Lower, lower. <laughs> Wisconsin cops found 36 grams of cocaine. It's a lot of blow. That sure is. 14 grams of meth. That's a lot too. 27 grams of synthetic weed, which is uh, more dangerous than the meth and the blow. 20, uh, wow. An ounce. And then she, I like, and she had six hits of ecstasy. I like how she got a gram of, a gram of marijuana. I know. What? What, do you, what do you think? The gram of weed's going like, <laughs> to help you come down? Wow. Well, people often, in, in, you know, when they're trying to uh, in prison, this is how they. Um... Well, you try to, yeah. Sneaker, in total, in? in total was 82 grams pulled from her vaginal cavity. How did they find it? That's another <laughs> like thing. How did they know? Did she give off an aroma? A Milwaukee man and a surring woman have been charged with multiple counts after more than 80 grams of drugs were found inside the woman's body. Jerrell McCollum and Desiree Webster was arrested <laughs> June 25th. Great handles. Shawano, Wisconsin. The Shawano police officer acting on a tip. Snitch. Stop Webster and McCollum on a county uh, highway. Both suspects so like. Well, that's interesting. A police dog show particular interest oh, in the driver's seat. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. somewhere else, too. <laughs> she probably confessed. That's the dog. The dog was sniffing around. Criminal complaint. Yeah. Correction. I told she believed Webster had something hidden in her vaginal cavity. Wow. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. Oh, you said that's a big cavernous area there. I, I can't believe you could put that many things there. That's scary. Yeah, I once crossed I, a border. That's a tunnel. I once crossed a border. <laughs> I was going I was going on a border. I was going on a border and like uh like an hour before, man. Uh we blazed one on like this map too. It was like rolled on a map. So when we got to the border the uh, the dog man was like they brought a dog in and stuff and the dog was going crazy, right? So the dog's going crazy for the glove compartment. It was one of those deals. They're like, all right, everyone out of the everyone out of the car, every everyone out of the car, and um, so they started tearing the, the freaking car apart. And uh, it was all because of the stupid map. Like the dog smelled the map, but there was nothing there, right? But uh, they trashed Mick Aussie's car. Like they just they took it apart. Oh yeah, piece, that's, piece, piece that's by what piece. they do at the border. If you screw up, they'll just they'll leave it on blocks. You deal with it. They don't screw around. They don't screw around. I'm imagining uh, you could pack uh, quite a few things yourself, Cam. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. The way my stomach, like, yeah, I could. Uh, I know I got that golf ball thing there, but uh, yeah, no, I can really throw it back, Gabe. All right, uh, Big Will checks in right now from the official Brussels website. Brussels Capital Region is officially bilingual, so all road signs and uh, documents are written in French and Dutch. Currently, 80% of the population in Brussels speak French. Not bad. <laughs> what about the Flems? Yeah, where's the Flemers? <laughs> Fleming! Felchers. All right, so it looks like uh, we've got confusion again, like uh, like last week. I believe that uh, Steve Merrill, uh, I believe that Steve Merrill was out of the rotation uh, for a couple of weeks, uh, but 
He misses us so much, I guess. Really? Oh, okay. Sounds good. So we just got, we're going to add another guest to the rotation. But we can't bump Annapolis, who's coming up in uh, in one minute's time. So uh, Mike Florio is going to earn his money right now, and he's going to have to call our boy Steve Merrill <laughs> and uh, tell him 440. 440? 440. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Mike Thumbs Florio. up. We, we, we appreciate that. All right, so, well, if we learned anything in the first 20 minutes of the show today is we learned nothing at all about Belgium. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and we learned that. Dutch, 80%. Basically, <laughs> everyone's got something else to say. And a lady's got a... Yeah, that was... That, a, that big, was... a big big, uh, big box of luggage down there. Man, I got to tell you, if I'm ever in Wisconsin, I'm looking up Desiree. Uh, let me tell you about a woman named Desiree. Man, she loves to party. Party every day. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Tell you this, uh, the singer of this, uh, this sounds great, like great, great singer, yeah, great pipes. Florio found it. You know, the best part is, uh, Florio, we don't have to worry about copyright. Good point. Yeah, it was actually Mike that. Cardano who found it. Oh yeah, we found a lot. You see, Gabe had a big law. He had like like a lid back then too. He had like you you had hair. Yeah, yeah, we'll like have rocking hair. Uh, we'll have some new material, uh, even though it's been uh, it's been um, it's like I feel like I'm a Mormon and I'm dealing with three wives or something. <laughs> you know, being a member of a band, uh, you know, if you you know, it's very very aggravating and annoying, especially if you're older. You don't really want to put up with other grown men. Like, you know, if you're on an NBA basketball team or something, you're making $18 million a year, it's worth it. But you got yeah, bring, you bring up good points. If you're in a, um, if you're in a speed metal band, uh, then, you know, there's there's more negatives than positives than, than dealing with these people. But it took forever. But it uh, looks like, well, we're, we're 90% there right now. We're a couple, of, uh, a couple of things away, and we'll be officially locked in. To record at Metalworks uh, with Rick Emmett and uh, from Triumph, yep. Yep. the world famous Metalworks Studios in my hometown, in Cam's hometown, Rolling Stones have uh, recorded there. Everybody's there. It's one of the best in the world. Katy Perry. <laughs> when I look at the people that have recorded there, I actually wonder if uh, you know, I don't know, man, you guys have you ever done heavy music before? <laughs> 
A lot of li- a lot of light, uh, soft contemporary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ann Murray has recorded. <laughs> oh, Canada Songbird. Let's bring in uh, Pete Annapolis, the real uh, Canadian <laughs> the songbird. songbird, the Greek, uh, the Greek freak. <laughs> Pete Annapolis steps up and then former assistant coach with the UMass Minutemen, RDS uh, television analyst. What's going on, Pete? Always a pleasure. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Recovering from post Canada Day and post Fourth of July. So, uh, Pete, uh, and no time to recover from post-NBA playoffs right now. One good thing about the NBA, they've sort of, I think they've become better at it. One thing, you know, remember in the old days, the NFL would sort of always be in the news somehow, and the media would talk about the NFL sort of year-round, or at least the NFL would like them to. The NBA has sort of taken that over, in which the NBA and the sport of basketball, Pete, just the sport of basketball on its own, has done a great job of just sort of being a year-round, uh, year-round spectacular from the NBA season, the NBA Summer League, international play, FIBA qualifications. You know, you have your NBA basketball, but summer, you know, there's always good basketball in the summer. And, of course, the NBA Summer League has really, really started to take off right now. And it's the first time ever that all 30 teams are going to be participating in the uh, Las Vegas Summer League that's already off and running right now. Rockets and Pacers are playing, and the Raptors and Pelicans have already tipped off. No, you're right, Gabe. And when I look at that, I think of one uh, individual, one gentleman that's made the NBA what it is today, and that's David Stern. Um, David Stern, uh, probably the best commissioner we've ever seen, and uh, his legacy keeps moving forward. I mean, Adam Silver's done a great job replacing him, but make no mistake about it, Adam Silver's done everything that David Stern told him uh, that happened and what would happen. And uh, the throne has been passed, but you look, you're right. I mean, the NBA finals, I mean, um, everybody's watching, even though it was four consecutive finals between Cleveland and, and Golden State. The ratings are through the roof. The draft comes. People are excited about the draft, uh, free agency. I mean, LeBron, Durant, Paul. I mean, and now you got the Summer League. And as you mentioned, all the teams are participating in one venue. I mean, it's, it's great. Basketball fans, <laughs> it's basketball fans are real fans, too. That's the thing. Like most people that are diehard fans, such as myself, I'm looking forward to seeing DeAndre Ayton play Bagley uh, in a couple of days and going head-to-head. And, you know, I'm so hardcore, and I know there's a lot of people out there. I see on Twitter the real basketball junkies. Everyone's really excited, and we got a nice matchup tonight, uh, Pete, in the NBA Summer League with the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be thrown down. Uh, You look at this Phoenix Suns roster, guys, and keep your eye on the Phoenix Suns in this NBA Summer League. I think Phoenix is a team that's really trying to uh, change the culture there and become a winning team. They're stockpiled with young talent, and they're all here. We're going to get a look at DeAndre Ayton uh, in this basketball game this evening. Dragon Bender is uh, is on the team. Mikal Bridges is on the team. Uh, Jack Cooley, Javante Green, Shaquille Harrison, Hollis Jefferson, Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson's a solid, uh, solid player. Played 77 games as a rookie last year, averaged 13 points per game. He's going to crush it in the NBA Summer League. I look at this Phoenix team, and I can tell they have an attitude that they want to win in the Summer League uh, even. And uh, they're playing against Dallas, who's a really uh, fun and interesting team coming into the year as well. I like the over 173.5. I don't expect a lot of defense to be played in this game, Pete. No, there, there won't be. Uh, the NBA is trending towards 
uh, emulating the Golden State Warriors. We've seen what Houston's done. It's all about high octane, pushing the ball, um, shooting three, spacing the floor. And you mentioned, you know, you look at Phoenix. Um, they've drafted so many point guards. They acquired so many point guards. When you look at the guys, and uh, you know, they, they, they let go of Tyler Ulis and uh, Booker wasn't really happy. They're trying to give him the max deal. But, you know, when they got a new coach in Kostakov, you understand that he wants to implement his platform, his vision immediately. Uh, and when you draft a player like Aiton, who could be, you know, a Hall of Fame type player and score, you got a guy like Josh Jackson, as you mentioned. I mean, you don't really speak about him when you talk about the best rookies of last year. You know, we talk about Mitchell. We talk about Simmons. We talk about Jason Tatum. But he was drafted in that spot, right, in, in top four, and he's got to deliver. So he's playing with a chip on his shoulder as well. And when you draft a lot of these players, Gabe, you're not going to get the full maximum of what they're worth the first or second year. These guys are drafted on potential. But that sophomore year is where you really take it to the next level. And I look at Phoenix right now. Um, they got some young players too, right, Marquise, Chris. Um, what are these guys going to really develop? How are they going to develop? Well, they got to play defense. That's the thing with these guys. They got to want to learn how to defend. But you brought it up, and you, know, you look at Josh Jackson, and he was my favorite player coming into the draft last year. It looks like Tatum, at least in year one, but you can't judge fully. What I like is, listen, he was in a, it's all, being on the Phoenix Suns last year was like being on the Cleveland Browns in football. It was tough. Right? It was a dysfunctional situation. It was a tough spot, and it enabled him to get a lot of minutes. But when I look at a rookie, very similar to De'Aaron Fox, actually, let's compare him to Lonzo Ball. And you look at Josh Axon and De'Aaron Fox, all right, was, did De'Aaron Fox kill it? No. Was he bad? No. He was sort of right there, right? He scored like 11 points a game, four assists. But what I look for, and I look at Jackson, and I look at a guy like De'Aaron Fox as a rookie, uh, Pete, the key is he played 77 games. He showed as a kid already he can handle the grind. Lonzo Ball couldn't. Lasted 52 games, right? Like De'Aaron Fox, same thing. He played in like 76, 78 games or something, De'Aaron Fox. As a rookie, showed he can handle the rigors. I think that's a big thing of being a rookie, and if I'm a team that drafts a kid, that's something that I like and I'm comfortable with. That All right, he got through the season. He's physically man enough and tough enough to do this, and now he'll just start to get better as we go on. That's what I see in Jackson. No, you're right, and he's got a lot to prove, right? And with the expectations coming out of Kansas, you know, when you're that wing player, 6'8", a long wingspan, you could guard multiple positions. I mean, that's where the NBA's trending. Jackson's going to be able to play the three to four, maybe sometimes the two. So um, what does he have inside of him to really prove that he was worth being that high lottery selection? And he could change the dynamics for the Suns, all right? They want to start winning. Um, and I look at a guy... Uh, on the roster, Alec Peters uh, from Valparaiso. I followed him extensively in college. He's a guy that really could play both ways, could score. He's got good size, versatility, could defend a little bit. So uh, if you're looking at the teams that want to win um, in this summer league, uh, the Phoenix Suns are one. Uh, like to see what Dennis Smith Jr. is going to do as a sophomore. Uh, interesting that he decided to play again. Sometimes teams decide, okay, you've proven enough, rest your body, but when you're losing, like you mentioned, Gabe, it's time to start winning and getting that culture <laughs> of winning. So get yeah. out there and get us some W's, man. No Luka yeah. Doncic, or at least right now, doesn't look like it. Uh, contract issues. Ugh. They're trying to, he's there. I don't know, man. Just sign a damn contract. Exactly. Yeah, what, you're, <laughs> you're not, not going to come to terms with the kid. It's stupid that 
here we are because I'm seeing, I just hit refresh and I was on this last night, guys. And uh, Doncic is there from what I understand, but there's paperwork that hasn't cleared yet or he, not everyone signed all the paperwork yet and he's not stepping on the court until the paperwork is signed. So it's not really a holdout. It's just, oh, it's taking longer than we thought to sign the papers. I don't know what the hell's yeah. taking so long. You're a team like Dallas. you got to get it done. Well, it just sucks. Yeah, you look yeah. like DeAndre Ayton's going to be on the floor tonight for Phoenix. He's there, right? Like, Good point. You know, do your damn job. <laughs> so, um, L.A. Laker uh, situation uh, here, uh, Pete. I know uh, you and I, you're not the biggest uh, LeBron James cheerleader in the media. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> which, uh, which we're aware of, but... Um, you know, it's funny. Laker fans um, sort of expected, oh, we got LeBron, and then the rest of the league's all going to run there. But they sort of ran yeah. in the other direction right now. And, you know, the Lakers basically internally said, we need shooters. And we know this. We didn't really, we don't really need these other people. We're looking for shooters right now. It's almost like they're going to bite the bullet this year. And then we talked about Ball, and then you got him, in which the Lakers are pissed right now. And good for them. I mean... You know, good on them in the sense that you get what you deserve in drafting to him. Now, finally, they were worried about LeVar Ball. Finally, he screws them because, Cam, they were trying to trade Lonzo Ball or they were floating it out there yep. to the Spurs, to the Nuggets. How do you guys – because we all know LeBron's not going to want Ball around. Exactly. He doesn't fit in. They bring Rondo in now. So Lonzo Ball's got a bad knee, but no one really knew the extent of it. The Lakers are saying, Pete, Internally, they think that LeVar and Lonzo Ball leaked that he needed surgery so he wouldn't get traded. So other teams would say no, no, because they knew that the Lakers and LeBron wanted him out. So they said, oh, we need surgery, which honestly, I usually don't want to get into this soap opera crap, but I totally believe it. Like the Lakers are pissed because they said we didn't leak this. So we know where it came from. I.E., you know it came from LeVar. Honestly, I thought LeVar was still in Lithuania. I didn't let him back into the game, <laughs> to be honest. But we hadn't heard him for a while. But He was on Chris uh, Cuomo's show the other night. <laughs> yeah, but definitely he, he's back in the mix, obviously, with LeBron coming in, damage control for the big baller brand. Yeah, Rondo's going to be Lonzo's backup. We got no problem with that and all that stuff. And now the, the leaking, you know, I mean – I look at Magic, and I and I have the utmost respect. He's my idol growing up, and Rob Palinka. I just have a hard time figuring out how these guys and their scouting team, they watch these college players over and over again. They go to their practices. They ask every single thing about them before they were drafted. Didn't you see that Jason Tatum is just a better prospect than Lonzo Ball, right? <laughs> yep. like, like, I could understand Donovan Mitchell – you know, nobody really, he went 14th or 15. I think he went 14. But Jason Tatum, I mean, he was the complete package offensively. You knew that. Lonzo Ball can't make a free throw. Lonzo Ball can't shoot a three, right? And in today's NBA, that's a recipe for disaster. It's uh, like the Lakers don't want good players. It's like they don't want good players. I mean, how do you draft him number one? Can't shoot a jump shot. And Jason Tatum, you saw him. He was at Duke. So I think now they got this mess. They're going to try and fix it. But again, it's hard to trade a guy like Lonzo. Who wants him back? The Spurs don't want nothing to do with Lonzo Ball. They want all the young core. They want Ingram. They want Hart. They want Kuzma. Uh, heck, they'll, they'll take that, that big center interest or anybody but Lonzo Ball. So I think um, getting LeBron in, in the Lakers is a positive step in the right direction. Uh, but can we calm down on JaVale McGee? 
Like, really, guys? JaVale McGee <laughs> next to LeBron James? Like, really? <laughs> yeah, Pete, the Lakers moves, they, they suck. Like, it's a, yeah, it's like weird. LeBron goes there, and everyone assumes Kawhi Leonard's going to go there, and then they pick up what they pick up today, Caldwell Pope. Like, I don't know what they're doing, with what, 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 what the Lakers are doing. The question I ask you, though, is, uh, obviously, Kawhi Leonard's not going to play for for the Lakers this year. Where do you think he? Where do you think he's going to play? Probably San Antonio. Where's he going to go? He probably doesn't well, play. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's if there's a reason that he that he sits out. Right. This is getting really, really dysfunctional. I've never seen anything like it in terms of a player from Kawhi that we never had, never seen any type of baggage before. All of a sudden, his uncle comes around. He becomes his business manager. He he won't work out with the Spurs. Won't hang out at the bench. Goes to New York, goes and train. Now we find that he hid. Now we find out that uh, he actually hid when the Spurs came to see him. Because he he was all right. Physically, he was all right, and he knew that. He hid. He hid like a (laughs) UFC fighter hiding from a drug tester. Right. You know, like, uh, he was Jason Bourne. He was hiding somewhere. (laughs) They were trying to find him, and they can't until the end of the show. But anyway... I think Kawhi Leonard, there's teams that are still going to try and make that move. Is it the Celtics? Is it Philadelphia? Is it maybe, I mean, the Houston Rockets would like to get involved, right? Ariza left, they'd like to get a, a small forward, but, you know, you don't have those young assets to give up what San Antonio is looking for. San Antonio is going to hold on to him, try him to play the season, and then rectify uh, this broken relationship. If Greg Popovich can't rectify that, then really nobody can. And then you hold them out, and then you try and get some assets in return. No. You know what I think, deadline. Pete? You know what I think will happen is it's going to get – it's so nasty. There's no turning back now. He's never playing for the Spurs, and he's a free agent uh, after the year. So it's a real tough spot that everybody's in. I think that, like you said, somebody like Boston, I wouldn't even mind if it was the Raptors as a Raptor fan. You bite the bullet, and you know that you're getting them for one year. But you don't, you don't get fleeced for this, right? You just make it enticing enough where it's like, all right, listen, you know, we'll give you this guy. I mean, you know, do you give a JV or so? You know, I'm not throwing JV under the bus, but I'm just saying there's going to be certain players that the Spurs can kind of live with and say, all right, you know what? We're not, you know, we're not trading the Lakers and, you know, we don't want him playing here and he doesn't want to play here. So instead of sitting out, we'll just take this stupid player and we'll move on and, Whatever happens next year happens next year. Because it's just, it seems like it's insanity that he sits out in another year. I mean, this kid's really, really screwing up in his prime of his career here. No, I mean, I remember him at San Diego State, you know, playing for Coach Fisher. I mean, you never thought he was going to be one of the top five players in the NBA. He was in the perfect situation. Franchise player in Duncan still had a lot in the tank. Manu and Tony Parker. I mean, they win the championship, went to a couple of finals, and then when the torch was passed, he didn't deliver. Remember, that first round when Duncan retired after, he's gone. They lose to the Clippers in a first-round upset. And what has he done really since? I mean, he's a nice player, two-way player, but is he your go-to alpha male guy? I don't think so. So who is going to try and make a play? Uh, You know, the Raptors, again, Masai, you, you said it, Gabe. I mean, it's time to make the move. You got one year with this core left. You only have to beat Boston and maybe Philly, and then you could be in the NBA Finals. And it looks like Boston has some dysfunctionality as well. Kyrie Irving doesn't want to stay there. There's rumblings he wants to leave and go play with Jimmy Butler in Brooklyn next year. So uh, I think the Raptors could make a move here. I hope they do. But I think Kawhi, I still believe, will be a spur to start the season. Pete Annapolis, RDS Television. Always a pleasure, Pete. Thanks, guys.
former assistant with the UMass at Minuteman. We've actually yeah. got UFC um, UFC tough uh, finale action uh, tonight. UFC pay-per-view tomorrow. I don't watch the TV show. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Time decisions ready. Rage radio continues. As we mentioned, uh, NBA Summer League action has begun in Las Vegas. Houston Rockets up 81-75 right now. Five minutes remaining. Toronto Raptors and the Pelicans. Oftentimes, the Raptors have had really, really good summer league rosters. This is not one of those times. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Like you know, the Raptors. You know, like the Raptors bench right now is so good. All these guys have played in the summer league in the last they're few not, years. They're not going. Yeah, like DeLon Wright and these guys. Like, they're too good for the summer league. Yeah, there's no need, right? So it's basically like Chris Boucher, the kid from, from the Oregon Ducks, is on the Raptors roster now. He's there. OG Ananobi's actually there. Yeah, he's one he's of the played, few guys. He's played a little bit. Like yeah. Jonas Valanciunas has played in the summer league a couple of years type thing. Like the Raptors have made like second-year guys and even third-year guys go at times to the summer league. Not anymore? No, it's a real vagabond. <laughs> Transients? Yeah, it's a, it's a real transient list, uh, their roster. But we do have one summer league pick because uh, we are degenerate gamblers. Um, hell, if we're going to bet on virtual soccer like we did last night, we can bet on NBA summer league basketball. But the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns tonight. We told you about, we'll go over that Suns roster. We told you about the Suns roster a little bit a couple of minutes ago. Really, really deep roster, fun team. And, um, you know, sort of tailor-made. Let's bring Steve Merrill in. And Steve knows when you're talking about preseason football, you know, there's certain backup quarterbacks that are good preseason guys or certain teams that are in good situations in the preseason. Similar situation in the summer league, Steve. you got to identify all right, which team has guys that have played in the NBA that don't suck. Like another one team here, guys is um, I think they play tomorrow only. They're not on today's slate, so they'll play tomorrow. Memphis Grizzlies. Like, Dylan Brooks is playing. Um, the uh, the Jackson kid that they just drafted. Like, they're they're pretty freaking stacked. They've got a bunch of dudes. Wayne Selden. they got a bunch of dudes. Like, the Grizzlies played so many kids this year because everyone was hurt. It's basically the NBA Grizzly team. Yeah, they got pasted in the NBA, but now they're playing. Summer, they're playing other teams' yeah. rookies, and they yeah. have experience. Yeah, that's what I'm Great saying. Point. Like three of the guys on Memphis basically started regular season that, games that is routinely. A, yeah, that is a great angle. Like, you talk about Phoenix. You talk about, like, these guys, they also, yeah. So Some of these guys played before. They need more experience. Great call. Those, well, are, the, those are the players. Josh, those are the Josh, on teams. Yeah, Josh Jackson's uh, there for Phoenix. All right, let's bring Steve Merrill in. Steve. We thought uh, we thought you were on vacation, uh, Steve, but uh, good to have you yeah. back. Yeah, guys, uh, no vacation. The only two days I get off are next week on Wednesday and Thursday after the All Star game. I thought you were yeah. still you were still recovering because uh, don't you like um, you reenact the uh, the Nathan's hot dog contest? <laughs> 
Like you know, as as it's going on, you're 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 you're, you're chugging along with him. It was crazy. I mean, he broke the record, but the scorecard said 64. I, I don't know how they were so off on the um, the official count. Yes. So first time I've seen that happen. And then he actually ended up breaking the record by half a dog, which is pretty dramatic. But it, they kind of ruined the whole moment by having – I was watching and doing some work, so I thought he was, like, well off pace. I wasn't really paying that Me much too. attention, to be honest. Me too. Kind of screwed. He and had the other. Yeah, we watched it live. And at the end, I celebrated, right? I remember I was watching it, Steve. I celebrated. I'm like, ah, 64, whatever. He's not even close. And then, boom, I'm changing. The guy's got 74. Like, I bet him. Me and Gabe bet on this thing. Like, what, what are these counters doing? Pay attention. How do you get, how do you get it so yeah. wrong? Yeah, the other thing, too, the odds themselves are pretty wrong. That guy, Sicanti, was supposed to be, like, the only guy that maybe had a chance of winning other than the chestnut, and he didn't even come in the top three or four. But what I can't get over, though, is Matthew Stoney two years ago won this thing, and he's not even within, like, 15, 20 dogs anymore. And most of the time, these guys get better. And, you know, everyone thought Chestnut had kind of regressed after that. Now he's come out and broke back-to-back records, basically. Um, you know, we joke around about it. You know, the announcers, obviously, a lot of hyperbole. They compare him to LeBron James and things like that. But it really is amazing what he's doing because um, there were four guys, I think, that had, like, you know, more than the winner would have had a decade ago. Yeah, you know what? I was kind of insulting. I see these 11-time champion. I saw his face alongside Bill Russell. He said 11 times, 11 time champions. He's like, yeah, settle down. He said a regurgitator. Come on. Yeah, man. settle down. But yeah, we talked about Matt Stoney, and you know what it is with Matt Stoney? Stoney's, um, he's not, hot dog's not his thing. Stoney was so hell bent on making a name for himself and winning that Nathan's hot dog to knock Chestnut off the perch, and he did. But uh, we went over Stoney's work, Steve. Yep. He's, he's more versatile than Joey Chestnut. So it's almost at a point that Stoney, yeah. I think, is just mailing it in, and he just shows up to this hot dog contest. Like, if you look at the world records held, Stoney has, yeah. like, 28 world records. Chestnut just owns hot Chestnut, dogs. yeah, and he's, he's got, a hot dog nah, He's got, like, I think he's the pierogi champ, too. No, he <laughs> like, they, they he's got, like, six or seven. No, I know he's what done a lot over the years. He, no, I know he's done yeah. a lot over the years, but Stoney is more versatile, but... Yeah, yeah. Stoney, Stoney should just give up the hot dog stuff. Uh, great he's, call. He's, he's, he's he's mailing, be, you can't beat Chestnut. He's mailing it in. <laughs> but they actually scrolled all of Chestnut's records on the intro, and I was actually surprised he had as many as he did because I agree with you. Normally, Chestnut's kind of a you know, one-trick pony with the hot dog <laughs> thing, but no, he had at least 20-plus. They rolled him on there. He had gyros. I think he had funnel yeah. cake, which I'd love to see the numbers on that one. I can't comprehend eating more than a couple funnel cakes at one time and being alive afterwards, but... um. Yeah, it, it's insane what they do. I mean, yes, it's no Bill Russell, but these guys definitely um, have a skill, I guess is what you could say. I mean, they basically suppress their gag reflex, they expand their stomach. The most amazing thing to me, though, other than Badlands Booker, is how most of them are skinny. And then on top of that, one of the guys is the bodybuilder that was in the thing. No. So I find that whole thing remarkable about how you can purge yourself like that, but yet it just shows you know these guys aren't necessarily overweight. And in fact, the heavy guys historically don't do well in these things. These, Did you see the senior citizen guy? That guy was the best. You know, Everyone the, was a kid. He's like 90 years old. That guy was the best. These are the other. Yeah, um, before. I remember him. He's been in there for 10, 20. You know, Gabe and I have been doing this for about, what, 15 years now, and I remember him. I didn't know he was 74 now, but he's been around <laughs> Uh, the locust, Lafarve, Lafarve, or whatever his name is. But yeah, I was the shocked locust. he was 74. An- another amazing feat. <laughs> yeah, the other records that uh, Chestnut holds is um, 15, uh, point, 15 pounds of uh, shrimp cocktail in eight minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's, the, he's the world yeah, record. 15 pounds to your body in eight minutes. Yeah, he's How the can de- you do that? 
He's the, uh, get this, he ate 12.8 pounds of deep-fried asparagus in 10 minutes. Yeah, That's the world record. Oh Aspar- uh, asparagus is pretty healthy. He ate 13 point. I know you can deep-fry asparagus. 13.8, <laughs> can deep-fry anything. Yeah, exactly. 13.76 pounds of uh, pork rib meat in 12 minutes. Ooh. These are all the world records that he holds. He ate about four and a half pounds of steak plus sides in eight minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, hot dog, uh, obviously 74 hot dogs already added to his uh, his list. He's the world matzo ball champion. Matzo balls? Yeah, he ate 78 matzo balls <laughs> in eight minutes at Kenny and Ziggy's oh. New York Delicatessen. Matzo balls are big, too. Oh, uh, bratwurst. Tasty, my God. <laughs> 70, 70 bratwurst in 10 minutes. That's impressive. Uh, hard-boiled eggs. Buns, I guess. I guess that's the difference. Is there's no buns on those compared to the hot dogs? You uh, how many like, hard-boiled eggs? Like you know, like imagine like the smell of uh, like him. Like uh, oh, just... after the hard-boiled eggs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how many hard-boiled eggs do you think you could eat, Cam, in eight minutes? What? How many did I eat? The female champ used to do two dozen in a minute or two minutes. She did that on Letterman one time. I remember. Then she sat down to the interview afterwards. <laughs> Probably and she was 110 pounds. He 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 crushed 141 hard-boiled eggs. I was thinking I could minutes. do 20. <laughs> 32 uh, quarter-pound pork roll sandwiches in 10 minutes. Ooh. And uh, ooh, mutton. Hey, you think this got nothing on the mutton? <laughs> Seinfeld. Yeah, he mutton. ate 81 <laughs> four-ounce mutton sandwiches in oh, 10 minutes. It's a lot of mutton. What is mutton? Mutton's just kind of a, it's just a meat. Like, I don't even know, like, uh, I, I, it's, I, I think it's kind of a cheaper. Steve, would you, yeah. would you call mutton, like, a low-grade meat? Yeah, I've Compared actually never steak? had mutton. That's, an, yeah. that's like an English thing, but, yeah, it's some kind of meat, yeah. yeah. It's usually dry and shitty, but anyway, yeah. Remember Seinfeld, well, they went yeah. to dinner. It's, I think it's lamb. They fed it to the dog. I think it's lamb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, is it, it lamb? It has to do with lamb, I believe. Uh, it yeah, might like be lamb. It might yeah, just be lamb. Yeah, mutton chops. Mutton chops. Okay, I'm going to find That's out. True. Yeah, I think it's a lamb chop. I think it's too mutt- dry. I think too mutton dry. is like lamb, What like sort of like hot dogs. It, yeah, might, be, it might be like the bad part of food. Like, mutton chops. Let me see here. i got to look on mutton poor chops. Poor lamb. Poor yeah, little lamb, it's something man. to do with lamb. Yeah. So do you all see the funnel cake? They scrolled funnel cake on the screen. That's the one I'm fascinated by. Is that showing up anywhere? No, I didn't see the funnel cake one, but... See, I'm I sure just can't I'm, comprehend between, between the grease, the sugar, it just oh, and the and just the thickness of it. Although they're dude, pretty thin, I guess. You know, but like like you said, these guys, um, it yeah. it's year round, right? So, you know, they take a couple of days off, and basically, Joey Chestnut's probably going to be at a town fair in Iowa next week, crushing corn on the cob. Exactly. You know, like that's that's what they need. For the record, if you're wondering, Joey Chestnut made two hundred thirty thousand dollars last year. He deserves more. Interesting. You figure you yeah, make a little wonder. more. I don't for make me. much. Yeah. Matt Stoney made one hundred and ten. Expected. See, that's the thing. One hundred ten thousand dollars. You're killing yourself. You're taking years off your life. Like, if you're going to do something that crazy and uh, severe, Steve, if you're going to die earlier, I think you deserve more money. Like, they, these guys got to find a way to get bigger appearance fees. But these something. guys, these guys are healthier looking than ninety percent of the population now. That's what I go back to. It's amazing. Yeah, internally, they're yeah, not. Inter- they throw it up. I, I agree. I don't think it's good for you either. I agree, but so this is what he did. It's fascinating. So seventy-four hot dogs. It was uh, twenty-two thousand two hundred calories. Yep. Uh, One thousand three hundred and thirty-two grams of fat. <laughs> that's like two monthly. That? No, that's, that's like a monthly, two monthly intake. Four hundred and forty-four grams of saturated oh. fat. Like the daily just... value was one thousand seven hundred percent. 
<laughs> How about the cholesterol limit? Oh, yeah. It's huge. His cholesterol limit daily value, 888%. 2,664 grams of cholesterol. This one's freaking disgusting, this next one. 54,000 grams. 54,242 grams of sodium. sodium. Oh, God. Oh, That's not See, good for you. Not, how does that not seriously hurt you, even short term? No, no. no I, we rest our case. You're, not much salt could kill you. Like, you can go into, like, shut up, Steve. We read, we did a thing the other day. We were reading about, like, doctors. Like, these guys, they're killing themselves. Yeah. Like, it's, they think it's all cool now, but uh, they're going to have big problems after. Yeah. Mutton sheep meat, 296 grams of sugar. Well, at least it's protein, 814 grams of protein. <laughs> wow. Look at the, the su- even the sugars. Take, take a look like the sugars. I, I worked it out. The sh- a can the of sugar Pepsi. was 296 grams yeah, of sugar. Yeah, so, and most sugary drinks have about 30. So the guy basically like also drank a 12-pack of Coca-Cola on the side of doing all that stuff, too. Like, it's, it's nuts. Plus, keep in mind, they're drinking, they're drinking like a blue – like Stoney had a blue liquid instead of just water. These guys aren't even just drinking water with it either. They usually have some kind of sweet drink. Yeah, you know what it is? Oh, their stomach. They use uh, I know a guy. Maybe. Yeah, they use Pedialyte. It's the stuff you give the kids when you're dehydrated. My buddy yeah, actually works in construction. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, yeah. it really works on adults too. If you, it's really right. like if you're working in 100 degree you got heat, three thousand grams of 54,000 grams of sodium inside. Yeah, you, you need, probably need you need some Pedialyte. <laughs> probably yeah, the thing. Like, it has more sodium and sugar. It has more sodium and sugar. Probably is my point. I mean, that's oh no. Just, so you got to <laughs> add even to those numbers even more probably. Oh, it, 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 it's, <laughs> I'll tell you, the one amazing thing to me, though, is they do train and they expand because Kobayashi was the legend a decade ago, and he was barely cracking 50. And we got, like, four guys that can do that now. That's what's that's why, about it. I mean, that's it, why there's a I, science to it. That's why I told Cam exactly. You know, it's funny I because I told Cam, yeah. I said, listen, if he could crush more than 72, you already would have done it, Steve, right? You and I have been talking about this for years. Like you said, I said, sort of like, you know, running a mile in three minutes. You just can't get there. But I saw an interview with him, like, right late last, the night before Cam, and I was like, oh, man. He seemed determined. No, he was really determined for the world record, and he basically stated, he goes, it's all about the beginning. He goes, if I get, if the first few go down easy, I can beat the record. So... As good as they are, I guess there's a couple of times they're probably choking a few times. That's and they a have great to fight point. Through it, you got a hot dog down your. He larynx. said, "He said, yeah. so like a three-point shooter's tape." He said, "If I get off to a good start, I'll break the record." And he he said, "If they go down in the first few, <laughs> if they slide down, I'm, uh, da- I'm dangerous." <laughs> Well, there's handicapping factors too, like the weather, like when it's less oh, hot. Yeah. You know, when it is a, when it's a rainy day versus like a cloudy day versus a hot day. I mean, that's five or ten dogs. And then if he's off the pace, if he knows he's not on a record pace anymore, he's only going to eat sixty probably because he still wins. So I think we should. I think we should disband. We should disband the tournament. They should tell people, all right, listen, next uh, yeah. year, you gluttonous son of a bitch bastard. It's the yeah. last time you get to do this. It's an embarrassment. All right, yeah, Chester <laughs> wins every. Year. We've only got a couple of minutes left here, yeah. Steve. Um, what do we got? Coke Zero, Sugar Four Hundred. Yeah, yeah. Talking. Speaking of sugar, <laughs> um, Daytona. Well, sugar and Coke Zero. So, <laughs> it's yeah, probably yeah. even worse for you, though. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, how's that aspartate treat? Yeah, that, exactly. That, that, aspartate kills yeah, rats. Yeah, just I mean, like that. Sweet and well, it'll work out for the rats, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just like there's no fat in that no fat, low fat, no fat oh, yogurt in Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, I was going to say Talladega, but no, no, it's not Talladega, but Daytona, plate racing. So, basically, it really is 
I mean, last eight races, eight different winners. Even the summer races produced eight different winners, Steve. It really is just sort of a random. It's random, but there are a few guys that are good at this. So what's your take on the race? Who do you like? Yeah, the first practice session was in yesterday, and then the final one got rained out. It really does not matter, as does qualifying, does not matter here. Um, This is the one track where the practice sessions really tell you nothing. Um, Even the past history doesn't tell us much because it basically comes down to who is not involved in two or three of the big wrecks that occur during the race. And there's usually maybe 10 guys remaining that can win the race after that. With that said, you normally want to be at the front of the pack because you, you avoid the race. The, the, the incidents normally happen in the middle. So if you're at the very rear, the very front, you could stay out of them. Um, guys that normally run well here do continue to run well if they're lucky. Denny Hamlin finished third at the 500. He had not run well the three races before that, 17th or worse. But then the five before that, he was top six or better every time. So I still think Denny Hamlin's as good as anyone comes on the restrictor plates. We know these Gibbs cars have a lot of power. Uh, guys like Kyle Busch, you know, have done well at times here too. Although, you know, Kevin Harvick has done very well over the years, but he's been basically 31st or worse in three of the last four here. So he hasn't had much luck either. Um, it's a crap shoot, but the nice thing is with the betting odds, you can take four or five guys and still just need one of them to hit to make money. That's what I was going to say, Steve. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe brought up a good point. You don't see a, a favorite in a race at plus 650 or 700. Like Lega- It's uh, Keselowski plus 650, Logano 8, Harvick 10, Boyer 10, Hamlin 11. Like there's a lot of, we've seen races plus 200, plus 250. You get a lot of value there. You can uh, sprinkle around, play the board. Yeah, we talk about the road courses being totally different than each other. Keselowski is a perfect example. This guy has been fantastic at Talladega. Um, he has won three times in the last four years at Talladega. He won at Daytona on the fall of 16, but he's only been better than 20. He's been 20th or worse in every start, the other six on each side of that. In fact, he's been 30th or worse in most of them. So it's hit or miss with Keselowski, but he's been much better at Talladega, not so much at Daytona. So these are slightly different tracks. And um, I know he's favored because he's been good at Talladega, but I'm not sure he deserves to be favored at Daytona. Steve Merrill, ProSportsInfo.com, one of the covers experts. Thanks uh, for the time, Steve. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. There's Steve Merrill uh, with us. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, joins us next. Busy day. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. All right, I'll give you the uh, goal, but uh, you know what? I'm still out of breath after doing it uh, yesterday. Me too. Red Heat Rage Radio, Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Moretti alongside Cam Stewart, although we just saw three goals. Two of them from Belgium. Belgium advances to the Final Four, the World Cup semifinals. 
Belgium versus France, in which is an, uh, an epic, an epic uh, battle between two uh, sides that are very, very similar uh, to each other in all uh, honesty. Both explosive. So uh, France and Belgium uh, guaranteeing that a French-speaking nation will be represented yes. in the World Cup. Lots of different languages in Belgium. Well, there's one language in Belgium, Cam, French. You know, English, French, uh, they speak a lot of different. Now, Belgium's one of those countries where a lot of people know like three or four languages. Yeah, it's because, true. Because they're bankers and they're smart. Because <laughs> they're bankers. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, a lot of languages in France. No, Belgium is like one of the few French-speaking countries. They speak English in Belgium, too. I've been there. Yeah, but they, they speak English in Siberia, too. But it doesn't mean it's an English-speaking country. You know, the United States have a lot of different languages being spoken. True. Like, what do they speak? What do they speak in Belgium? What, like Swiss? <laughs> like English? One of them, yeah. But you're right, primarily French? <laughs> yeah, exclusively French. Exclusively. Yeah. Much, you, know, you know what uh, Montreal's sister city is? Brussels. Really? Yeah, why? Nice. Because yeah, Montreal nice. is a French city. Makes sense. All right, so as I was saying... As I was saying, uh, but uh, great insight uh, by Cam. We'll play geography with Cam. Well, actually, a I'm, pretty later good at, on. I'm pretty good at geography. You'd be surprised. Yeah, Name a city, I'll tell you. Because somewhere. you're a degenerate gambler, I know you'll know. <laughs> you'll know college towns, but if I start going world at you here, uh, I'll, I'll give the world a shot. But you're right. I prefer small college town, yeah. USA. Yeah, well, you know, big deal. You know where Pullman is. <laughs> you don't want to go there. All right, so, I'd rather go to Belgium. No, I don't. <laughs> So I can't afford Belgium. So um, as I was saying, it's going to be a French-speaking, not a lot of languages, a French-speaking um, final because either uh, Belgium or France. And really interesting about this is, too, Terry Henry. Terry Henry. Oh, yes. Uh, Terry Henry, the uh, former uh, Arsenal great and, of course, a uh, French national. And uh, they speak, uh, just for the record, Cam, they speak uh, French in France. You got it. Um <laughs> Just in case there was any, I, mean, I got that one. Just in case there's any, oh, a lot, a lot, a lot of languages there, yeah, game. Yeah. Luxembourg. So, <laughs> yeah. so Terry Henry, the uh, the oui. former uh, French uh, superstar, French national superstar, hey, amazing. He's actually an assistant coach with Belgium, uh, going head to head against wow. his own team. That's fascinating. That's good little, stuff. A little interesting yes. storyline, right? I'm bringing it right off the top good, right now. Good nuggets. Yeah. I can't believe how, how much better, too, the French-Belgium game is going to be versus Sweden-England, right? Like, it's our sorry. And then, well, no, we got to play. Uh, Croatia's got to play Russia, too. Uh, old man saying, uh, he's calling me out. He's saying most people in Belgium speak Dutch. That's not true. Dutch? Yeah. They Actually, Holland, Belgium, no, I, I, old man might be on to something. It's French. It's a what, French country. Yeah, no, let's just get that. How many? Belgium. What are the main languages in Belgium? Let's figure this out. Because yeah, it's, you know what? I, I like old man's style. What is the main language in Belgium? I like this. I punch Belgium's name in, and their, their <laughs> soccer team comes up. Not, not the country. No, of course. <laughs> it's like, seriously. They're, they're hot. The Wikipedia page, first thing that popped up. All right. Here we go. And the Kingdom of Belgium is a country in Western Europe bordered by France, the Netherlands, Germany, and Luxembourg. The Kingdom of Belgium has three official languages, Dutch, French, 
German. Wow. Yeah, but that's like saying Canada is part of the uh, the Confederation and uh, that you pledge allegiance to the Queen. It says the fr- official language is Dutch. For hold on here, we're getting. Uh, I don't know about your reports, Marenzi. Uh, Wikipedia is telling telling me different. It says Dutch first at fifty five percent. That makes uh, interesting. Very interesting. Why the hell would they speak Dutch? I don't know. That's what it says. <laughs> well, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> old man's the official the official uh, fact checker he sure is he's a guy very 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 bright yeah all right let's see um i want to know uh somebody shows up at the airport there in brussels and what uh what uh, what are they speaking to you what, what, what are the signs oh well oh, like morency instead of whatever yeah like when you're when you're no, like when you're rolling yeah like yeah. Uh, i'm talking about in the airport is there like Dutch signs and German signs and French signs? I would say probably all three. If they have three official languages, they'd have to. Uh, uh, that's well, the like thing I about said, those Bel- countries. Well, the thing is, Belgium's like Switzerland. It's just one of these rich banking countries that are all just sort of the part of the cabal, right? Yep. <laughs> it's true. No, no, no. Bel- no, Belgium's really clean. Got a lot of money. You know, you bring up good points. A lot of rich people there. Like if people think France is snobby, Belgium's a snobbier yeah. France. Belgium's pretty, yeah, Belgium's pretty snobby. Good chocolate, though. <laughs> Great beers, too. Belgium is loaded with quality drinks. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Belgium beers, top of the food chain. Yeah, man. You get, uh, if you serve someone there, like uh, Old Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. You give somebody a natural it's, ice there. It's not they, going down well. They'll actually shank you. <laughs> if you give somebody, like, an Old English, you might you might die. <laughs> No, they drink like pup. I was at. Uh, oh, well, they have so many. What are they, what's uh, Pilsner or Kell and all these other ones? Uh, yeah, they're all like high end. You know, where you use the knife to like rip off the foam. Uh, I like. The top uh, of the I appreciate. It. I know we got a lot of listeners. This yeah. is good because now I like when we're getting different answers too. Yeah. See, Wiley Coyote says there's a two. There's two languages in Belgium: <laughs> French and Flemish. <laughs> <laughs> and the Flems won't want to separate, just like Quebec. <laughs> the Flems. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Flemish? That's good stuff. Yeah, Vic Vinegar says uh, Belgium speaks Dutch. Yeah. And uh, someone named Vic Vinegar can't be wrong. I like Vic. Oh, Vic Vinegar's a big golf guy. <laughs> big golf guy. No, he's got good good picks. Oh, that's, that's what it says. So I guess uh, there's a lot of different languages there. All right. You know what? We need to hear from someone in Belgium now. Yeah, you got to interview somebody in Belgium. No, I got to get on Twitter and say, "Hey, Belgium, what is your official languages?" Right. Yeah, let's go to uh, Belgium, Belgium, uh, Belgium Twitter here. Belgium tourism. No, I want to see like people talking about Belgium. I bet you it'll be a hell of a lot more in French than in Dutch when they're talking <laughs> about the the Belgium soccer team. I don't know. I'm on English Twitter. And I need yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's not going to work. All right. <laughs> Pete Annapolis going to join us. He's from Greece. They speak Greek there, I guess. They do? <laughs> my, my assumption. <laughs> you, know in, uh, you know in Amsterdam, they don't uh, sell weed to uh, or hash to tourists anymore? Really? Yeah. They're trying to kill the tourist industry, evidently. When I went to Amsterdam... Uh, not only did they encourage it, they basically they had multiple menus 
Uh, we went on a Heineken tour down the little canal too for like uh, 15 euro, all you can drink. Like they were, they really promoted partying when I was there, but that was a long time ago, Gabe. That was like 15 years ago. Though. Yeah, I was in Amsterdam about uh, 30 years ago, yeah. and it was pretty decadent. It it's a beautiful place. Pretty decadent, nearly Gorgeous. as decadent as this uh, this woman. And this is um, this is an interesting one. Decadent as this woman. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, you know this. Which, which woman? This one's kind of uh, it's kind of sensitive. It's, uh, looks like a nice girl. She looks tough. Yeah, she doesn't look like some. Yeah, she looks like the type. She that looks, looks like, like, she, like put yeah, a shard of glass in your neck while you're sleeping. Yeah, she'll punch you in the face. This. Oh yeah, oh, yeah definitely, and and it'll hurt. Yeah, Wisconsin police found thirty six. Wisconsin. Thirty six point six seven grams of cocaine, fourteen point seven two grams of meth. 27.8 grams of synthetic weed, six MDMA ecstasy pills. Wow, raver. And one gram of marijuana. On this chick? In this chick. They found all of this in her vaginal cavity. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's big. That's a that's, very, yeah, very, like that's, that's, what that's I'm a saying. huge like, area. Like, I don't even know where to go with this. No, really. I'm going to say that that area has, uh, if you could pack that much in, like uh, that's a, that's like a travel bag. She's got a suitcase down there. Sort of like a, uh, it's like a uh, tennis yeah. tennis ball in a bowling lane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you got that one from, but I like it. I like to make I, up I, my a, own. A tennis ball in a bowling lane. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like rolling a tennis ball down a bowling lane. Sorry, man, my heart hurts. Like I'm thinking, this chick should have been like at the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. <laughs> just stick them in. Right, right, right. Well, I'm just thinking like her skill level is obviously pretty high. Like you know, honestly, like. She should be in movies. That's a lot of. You yeah. said it like that's a, that was a, that's a that's big, a laundry list. This is like a dream girl, like all all down there too. Yeah, it's, a it's like she's a walking freaking pharmacy. It's a dream girl if your pecker's a two liter bottle. <laughs> it's a dream girl if you're a drug addict. <laughs> that too. Man, you just go to town down there. <laughs> You're right. It's like, man, it's like what's that? Imagine if, Mysteries. You, imagine if you didn't know. You just went home with this chick. And, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, you went down, and you're in big trouble. <laughs> you're out for a few days. Yeah, if you went for the uh, the, 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 old, the the old Australian uh, French kiss. Yes, the Australian French kiss. Same as a French uh, kiss, except uh, lower. Lower, <laughs> lower. Wisconsin cops found 36 grams of cocaine. It's a lot of blow. That sure is. 14 grams of meth. That's a lot, too. 27 grams of synthetic weed, which is uh, more dangerous than the meth and the blow. Twenty. Uh, wow. An ounce. And then she, I like, and she had six hits of X. I like how she got a gram of, a gram of marijuana. I know what. What do, you, what do you think the gram of weed's gonna like <laughs> help you come down? Wow. Well, people often in, in you know when they're trying to uh, in prison, this is how they. Um... Well, you try to yeah. What, sneaker, in total, sneak it in? in total was eighty-two grams pulled from her vaginal cavity. How did they find it? That's another. <laughs> like, thing. How did they know? Did she give off an aroma? A Milwaukee man and a serving woman have been charged with multiple counts after more than 80 grams of drugs were found inside the woman's body. Uh, Gerald McCollum and Desiree Webster 
was arrested <laughs> June 25th. Great handles. Shawano, Wisconsin. A Shawano police officer acting on a tip. Snitch. Stop Webster and McCollum on a county uh, highway. Both suspects so like... Well, that's interesting. A police dog show particular interest oh, in the driver's seat. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. somewhere else, too. <laughs> she probably confessed. It's the dog. The dog was sniffing around. Criminal complaint. Yeah, correction. I told she believed Webster had something hidden in her vaginal cavity. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. Well, you said that's a big cavernous area there. I, I, I can't believe you could put that many things there. That's scary. Yeah, I once crossed the border. It's a tunnel. I once crossed the border. <laughs> I was going. I was going on a border. <laughs> I was going on a border, and like uh, like an hour before, man, uh, we blazed one on like this map too. It was like rolled on a map. So when we got to the border. The uh, the dog man was like they brought a dog in and stuff, and the dog was going crazy, right? So the dog's going crazy for the glove compartment. It was one of those deals. They're like, all right, everyone out of the everyone out of the car, every everyone out of the car, and um, so they started tearing the, the freaking car apart, and uh, it was all because of the stupid map. Like the dog smelled the map, but there was nothing there, right? But uh, they trashed McAussie's car. Like they just they took it apart. Oh yeah, piece, that's, piece, piece that's by what piece. they do at the border. If you screw up, they'll just they'll leave it on blocks. You deal with it. They don't screw around. They don't screw around. I'm imagining uh, you could pack uh, quite a few things yourself, Cam. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. The way my stomach, like, yeah, I could. Uh, I know I got that golf ball thing there, but uh, yeah, no, I can really throw it back, Gabe. All right, uh, Big Will checks in right now from the official Brussels website. Brussels Capital Region is officially bilingual, so all road signs and uh, documents are written in French and Dutch. Currently, 80% of the population in Brussels speak French. Not bad. <laughs> what about the Flems? Yeah, where's the Flemers? <laughs> Fleming! Felchers. All right, so it looks like uh, we've got confusion again, like uh, like last week. I believe that uh, Steve Merrill, uh, I believe that Steve Merrill was out of the rotation uh, for a couple of weeks, uh, but he misses us so much, I guess. Really? Oh, okay. Sounds good. So we just got we're going to add another guest to the rotation, but we can't bump Annapolis, who's coming up in uh, in one minute's time. So. Uh, Mike Florio is going to earn his money right now, and he's going to have to call our boy Steve Merrill <laughs> and uh, tell him 440. 440? 440. Thank you, uh, Mike Thumbs Florio. Thumbs up. We, we, we appreciate that. All right, so, well, if we learned anything in the first 20 minutes of the show today is we learned nothing at all about Belgium. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> And we learned that Dutch eighty percent. Basically, everyone's got something else to say. And a lady's got a yeah. That was that, a, that big, was, a big big uh, big box of luggage down there. Man, I gotta tell you, if I'm ever in Wisconsin, I'm looking up Desiree. Let me tell you about a woman named Desiree. Man, she loves to party, party every day. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. 
But that first hour flew by. Bad decisions, red heat, rage at radio. I'm Gabriel Brancy alongside Cam Stewart. Thanks to Pete Annapolis, Steve Merrill, joining us on the program. World Cup action continues tomorrow. We'll touch on that a little bit uh, later on. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Prof Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using a promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the props that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Let's bring in Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, uh, right now. As uh, Babano's Hamilton Tiger Cats went up and down the field uh, last night, yeah. but weren't, a- no. weren't able to punch it in. Where are the points? <laughs> That's the problem with that June Jones offense, and, man. It produces stats, but it doesn't produce a lot of points. And a fumble at Saskatchewan Bridge at the, at the goal line, too. So many blunders and mistakes in that game, man. It was man. brutal. I swear to God. CFL, I'm calling it just, it's, it's the CFL screw job. It, it happens almost one way or the other, man. Our boy Sonny lost a $10,000 bet when a team conceded a safety. Um, a meaningless safety on the last play of the game. They took a safety, boom. He had an under 37 and a half. It got went to 38 because of the save. No, that's really. Uh, our man, big, our boy, big man on campus, lost a big teaser. The one time he bet big on the CFL, he had a teaser, plus 13 and a half. Calgary went for two with two seconds left to make it 14. Like, who cares if you're up by 13? There's two seconds left. <laughs> exactly. You but, do have four minutes left. Five minutes. Exactly. I lost a big bet in week uh, week one with the Argos, right? A teaser, whatever the hell it was. Same thing. With Saskatchewan. Yeah. yeah, Saskatchewan, instead of killing the clock, they threw a bomb and ended up kicking a field goal. Same thing. I, like, I, you know, I was like, just don't kick the field goal, and I win, and they yeah. did. You know what, Marenzi? Before we get into the spreads with Babano, I have one thing to say. Chris Jones, this guy Guy's is a moron. Guy, abs- absolutely. It's a fireable offense. Like you're put, you're putting two quarterbacks out there. It's a, it's an absolute shit show. Neither one has any confidence, man. It was brutal. Like anyway, something has to be done there. That guy, that guy is running the show. Ian I'm trying to run my quarterbacks here. I'm. I think we got a pretty good football team, and we got a situation here where I don't know what the hell I'm doing on a weekly basis. There, we got two quarterbacks. I have no confidence in either one of these two quarterbacks to run my football team. I mean, that's unfortunately what you're getting right now with Chris Jones is a whole mess uh, with his quarterback situation. When you've got Henry Burris and Matt Dunnigan, two former quarterbacks, basically screaming at you saying, what the heck are you doing? You know you're doing something wrong. And they won the football game, of course, because, you know, we went to the Grey Cup two years in a row in 13 and 14 as a Ticat fan. We lost both times. And since then, uh, it's get our hopes up and then get let down again for the last three seasons. Take one step forward and two steps back. But I'm going to look at the positive. Ticats are 2-2 two and two now. They're going into their bye week. There's not a single team in this league showing a lack of any sort of consistency so far. So it's a long season, 2-2 two and two going into the bye. You know, I'll take it. I'm not happy about the loss last night, but we'll see what happens. It's a long you, season. I can tell you one thing. We're fading Saskatchewan on the road. And another point is that Jones is a moron. Look at the numbers. Watford could run the ball. He can't throw. Brandon Bridges' completion percentage is way higher. Like, it's not even a debate. You start him. It's ridiculous. I, I it, 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 
I just stick with Bridge and leave him. That's what I said. Stick with Bridge. Let him learn. He's a young kid. He played a playoff game against the Argos. We went to it. They they almost came back. Well, we're talking, you know, the Deron Carter stuff is That's just stupid, too. But let's move forward. Yes. Let's move forward about the games that uh, are coming up. Not that already happened. Big game. I'll tell you what, right now, there's a game that could actually be worse than last night's Hamilton-Saskatchewan game from an entertainment perspective, and it's the one we're going to talk about first tonight, Montreal and Ottawa. What a classic that could be. I'm actually expecting big things. <laughs> the Red Blacks, so I'll start with you, Ken. The Red Blacks are now minus eight, total 48 and a half. Well, we're on Saskatchewan. Uh, good call, not the over. I'm taking it. Gabe, I don't usually lay road chalk. I think Ottawa comes in there after a horrible, horrible performance. Montreal's been overachieving a little bit. I think I, I see big things for the Red Blacks tonight in a doubled, uh, double-digit win, maybe by 13 to 16 points. Give me the Red Blacks minus the eight points. And tonight's the night that it goes over when you think it's going under. Red Blacks minus one, over 41 and a half. Sounds like a good teaser to me, Cam. Uh, I think Ottawa wins. I think they probably cover, and I think it's got a chance to go over the number. Look, I was reading reports that Montreal was celebrating in the locker room in Saskatchewan last week like they won a great cup. I mean, that is how much that win after 13 straight losses, both straight up and against the spread, meant to them. Uh, I think they fall flat here tonight. I really do. Uh, They've been awful against the spread at home. Uh, I can't even remember the last time they won a home game at Percival Molson Stadium. I don't expect anything more than a lethargic crowd. I'm reading that there's going to be busloads of red-black fans going to the game in Montreal, too. So there's going to be a good contingent from Ottawa go into that game. Uh, I think Ottawa rolls tonight. I don't trust Montreal to win two in a row. I still think this is a moribund, downtrodden franchise. They've got to prove it to me two weeks in a row and before I believe it. Uh, tomorrow we have the Edmonton Eskimos and the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, Eskimos are minus three and a half uh, points. Argonauts uh, coming off a bye week uh, from the football game that we were all at uh, a couple of weeks ago. The total is 56 points in this game. Um, James Franklin will be the starting quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts, former Missouri Tiger and Edmonton yes. Eskimo. Yes, revenge. Uh, gets, gets the start uh, here. Um, this number looks short. Makes me want to think about taking Toronto. I think Edmonton roll them. You really think? Yeah, but off a week, Toronto actually, what, 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 I'm just going to ask you, I just you guys think, your I think the Argos offense will no, struggle. They, they, they got great cup hangover still, but the way they got embarrassed to Calgary, it's a it's kind of like a nice bounce back spot against a really good team. I think they're going to actually show up for work, but they might not have enough talent to play with Edmonton. That's the problem. Babano? Yeah, you talk about bad football games. That one we were at in Toronto a couple of weeks ago with Calgary there. My goodness, it's just an awful football game. Everybody's silent when Ricky Ray gets injured. Could that have been a worse type of atmosphere let's, to be at that let's night? Let's be but, real. Let's be real, Babano. About 80% of the games in the CFL this year have sucked. We came, out, yep. we came out of the gate with that fun one, the lightning delay to 33-31. Yeah, that was fun. You know what it is, too? And I said this last night watching the games. The CFL, the players are good. It's not like, oh, the league sucks, the players suck. But what it is, one team always kills the other team. Like, you don't, there's not a lot of close games in the Canadian Football League. I mean, one team's usually inept and one team kicks the crap out of them. And it's usually a Western uh, <laughs> division team yeah. kicking the crap out of Eastern division team. All right. So, uh, Edmonton and Toronto tomorrow. What's your take, uh, Babano? I like Toronto at plus five. Actually, I got plus five with them. It's come down heavy on. It's Toronto's like circle the wagons. They got to show up and do something type of spot. They're at home for two straight weeks with a buy in between. Gives Mark Tressman and this offensive coaching staff a chance to get Franklin ready, get him into the playbook, uh, know the plays. I think they're going to have some scripted plays that they're going to run. Maybe put some wrinkles in there. Maybe catch Edmonton's defense flat footed. 
let's be honest, it hasn't been hard to get Edmonton's defense flat-footed this season. I've not liked what I've seen from the Eskimo defense. I thought they'd struggle early on. They have. That's why they're 3-0 and to the over. They can score points in bunches, but they can give up points in bunches as well. I like the over a lot in this game. I like Toronto a little. I like the over a lot more. Down to three and a half. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, the 56 points there, we should be able to... It seems like a high total, but you got to believe Franklin is going to be motivated, and Edmonton can score on Toronto. I don't know, man. I'd actually, you don't know that. That's another thing we talk about. It like see, we see, watched the game last night. Overs, Cam. Or, no, it's like we should like teasers. They all look yeah. good before the game. They sure do. Ah, oh, there's no yep. way these teams can't get to 48 points this low in the CFL. And then, <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, what's the record in first half unders in the CFL this year? Almost every. I don't game. know. There's only been like 12, 13 games, whatever the hell it is. I'm telling you, it's probably like 11 and one. Every damn game, yep. man, is like four nothing after the first quarter. <laughs> like and, and we, and the, the total's always like twenty-seven yeah. and a half or something. And every game we went through, the same crap. They, they never threatened to go over in the first. To Marenzi's point, too, I'm getting sick and tired. Of, what is this? The Country Football League again? Oh. I know it never ends. Like I get it, Saskatchewan. We all like to get drunk on Pilsner, but hey, man, we got strong beer. Like there's other people in the world too, eh? Like what do you want to do? You want to do a, a, oh, it's, it's a country it's, music it's getting series. Ridiculous. Guess what? Leave it to my beautiful hometown of Hamilton to end the country music monotony on Thursday night. Thursday night, we host Thursday night football in two weeks against Saskatchewan. Our halftime performer for that dopey Thursday night concert series that TSN's doing is The Beaches, a female rock and roll band. So we're switching it up. I'm looking forward to that. I'm surprised it wasn't like Monster Trucker, one of the other local local bands. I figured no country. It's about darn time as far as I'm concerned. No country here in Hamilton. Aren't the Arkells? Arkells, yeah. The biggest like that, band from Hamilton. That's they're actually pretty big. They're actually one of the biggest bands in Canada. I think they They're do. too big now, Gabe. They're too big for a Thursday night football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. CFL no, no, yeah, no, yeah. They're no. going to be doing the Queen's play. No, no, no. They're too no. big for the Canadian football. They're right? not too big for that. They're, they're probably <laughs> playing later in the year or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think this, They actually this, performed at Tim Hortons Field a few weeks ago for a concert separate from a football game. Man, it was uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. they are. They are pretty big. All right. BC Lions, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Intriguing. Yeah, I'm intrigued yeah, by yeah. the underdog here. Uh, I think this dog's got, this Lions got claws. You think so? Yeah, getting six. Man, these two teams have historically played pretty crazy high-scoring close football games. It's a rivalry. And um, I don't know. I don't really trust Winnipeg laying six here in this spot. I think it's too high. You got Mike uh, Mike Nichols coming back, his first start in uh, of of the season. Could be a little rusty coming out of the gate, starting a football game. What do you think, Babano? I'm getting more and more interested in BC, more and more right now. I, I'm hoping for seven. I think it could hit seven actually before kickoff because all of this money is Matt Nichols' money. Uh, Matt Nichols being back at quarterback money. That's why it's skyrocketed here toward Winnipeg. They were three and a half at the open. It's as high as six, six and a half right now. Uh, he's going to be uh, obviously, uh, they're happy to have him back, no question. But, you know, now you've got to operate this offense at a pretty high level of efficiency to be able to win by a t- full touchdown or more here against the BC team that, you know, I know Winnipeg's off a loss. They're back home. They want to play well, but so does BC. They didn't play well in Edmonton last week. This is a big game for them. 
uh, at one and one. Uh, I'd rather take points on the road with BC over the recent seasons than lay points with them at home. They've been a better road dog than home favorites. So I'll probably just wait it out, see if more Winnipeg money comes in, see if I can get as many points as I can get with BC by the time this game starts. Look at the track Win- record here. Yeah. And, and Winnipeg's fact, a good home team, though. Very good, like Saskatchewan. They play fact, good at home. I cashed a ticket in the preseason with BC against Winnipeg, and it beat them 34-21. BC generally own Winnipeg. So they beat them in the preseason 34-21 uh, this year. Last year, the scores, BC beat them 36-27. Winnipeg beat them 26-20. I think it was in bad weather that game. The one before, 45-42 BC. The one before that, 32-31 BC. Winnipeg, 35-32 winners. All overs. BC, 35-17. Winnipeg, 29-26. So you generally see. It's either a really close game or BC beats them. Like, this is one team that BC's got the best of, and... I know preseason doesn't mean anything, but it kind of does. It just they just always they generally beat these guys. Like and it's, one, I went two, back three, and... four, five, the last four, the last yeah. five times they played them, four regular season, one uh, one preseason. preseason. They're four and one against. Them. Very impressive. And I'm getting six points. And even the games they lost, you know, they're 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 you know like twenty six twenty. That's a cover. Give me the points in this game. Give me the points. And I like the over at 53 and a half, but it's really gone up at 56 and a half. It's 56 now and a half. Oh, my it's God. It's really gone way up. But I liked it initially. It's, it's a little tricky now. But I will say this. I went and looked at Jonathan Jennings' team-by-team track record. How's he done statistically? Completion percentage, win-loss record, all that. He has had best stats of his career by far against Winnipeg. He hasn't played any better against a single team than he has against Winnipeg. For some reason, he's played his good best football consistently against the Bombers, way more than he has against any other team in this league. So we'll see if that can come to fruition again for him on Saturday. Winnipeg's numbers, too, like because they're like a preseason favorite, like the kind of cool team. I'm seeing some like line discrepancy. Like they went a little bit over. But they're minus three and a half. They're minus six. Yeah, it just feels like they're one of those teams that uh, they, they feel like. Well, let's look at the right. Bombers. You're right. Everyone go, oh, Bombers this, Bombers that. They lost the Lightning game, 33-30. Yep. They beat the Alouettes. That's their only win of the season. Yeah. <laughs> you beat the Montreal yeah, exactly. 56-10. You just lost 31, like this bomber stuff, and now you're laying six. I think the reason they're laying six is because people think look Nichols at BC. Is be amazing? Yeah, or? Nichols' a name, and also that uh, BC lost 42, uh, 41-22 last week, but that game was actually closer than the score indicated. It's true. BC, BC was there for a bit. Yeah, BC can be beat, though, downfield. That's the thing, like Babano stated. Like, there should be points in this. BC do Hello. Hello. Music. And we're back. We're back. Quick, uh, quick, quick turn around. Quick turn. Around. Quick turn. I don't know what the hell happened. There. I don't either. It was I'm glad I stayed smooth. on the line. All right. We were actually hoping you were still talking. <laughs> yeah, because well, we, well, we, Gabe has to dial back from his machine. Sometimes we get lucky we, with we, it. We were, hoping, yeah, we were hoping you were still talking, yeah. but uh, yeah, that didn't happen. It was the rare time you weren't a bad. Like, come on. <laughs> there's, there's you let us down. The, 
Yeah, yeah there's now the shadow of Tra- Yeah, the one time I need to be talking, I wasn't. Yeah, uh, Travis Lule, the shadows of him are lurking in the tall grass, apparently, too. Apparently, there's rumblings. Lule may get a look down the road if the Jennings struggles continue. So this is a big game for him Saturday. L- well. Listen, listen, I, listen, I'm a ginger, and I like Lule, and he's had a great career, but this guy's one hit away from dying. Like, he's very, yeah. it's, like, it's like Ricky Ray. I don't want to see, like, something like that happen to him. He had a g- very solid CFL career, but you got to go with the younger guy, yeah. in Jennings. I don't want to hear you. We should, it feels like we should be running this league. I thought he was retired. Coaches, <laughs> I thought he was just on the lines as an assistant coach. He's the backup quarterback. Like he's still well, there. The guy was done three years ago. Well, he's. What is it about them in BC and Buono? We're like, for a smart guy, he really runs these guys into the ground. <laughs> Remember Buck Pierce, too. Oh, yeah, Buck yeah. Pierce got his order. He just kept rolling Buck Pierce. It's like, yeah. guys, he's not healthy. He's going to die. Buck, like, Buck know, Pierce had to do insurance commercials because his career was so short. Like, he got murdered out there. Now he's an offensive coach in the league. Yep. That's what Lule should be. <laughs> Jennings would I can be speak just for all of us. I can speak for all of us. We were petrified when we saw Ricky Ray down on that field that night. I mean, it was like six or seven minutes there straight where he was just not even moving. And, I got uh, I got to hear in the stadium. I don't want to sound bad, like one of the best careers going. Like he can't play football again. Like the, he just not mobile well, enough. Old. Like you, like if Ricky Ray yeah. suits up again, I'm actually worried about his health. Like I he's saw retire. I saw the hit developing before it happened. Oh, even it was, it was. I didn't. You know, it's tough. I don't remember every play that came out. When I do, I remember I see sandwich. And I saw. I was like, oh, he's about to get crushed. But when he went down, it didn't look that hard. Yes. Just sort of like he landed on his shoulder, and I was like, uh, I think he. And I said right away, I think he just separated his shoulder. Yeah. And then we saw, no, he wasn't moving. Then it was like, ooh, maybe it was a neck thing. Yeah. But uh, I think Jennings will be fine here. I agree. I think there should be some points up on the board, Vivano. Yeah, I agree. I like the over, uh, especially when it was uh, lower than it is now. But BC, I'm going to take all the points I can get. I'm hoping for seven. But even at six, six and a half, yeah, I'll get in on BC for a little something. All right. Any baseball before yeah, we get you out here? Nice baseball board. Anything catch your eye? Yeah, baseball. I took San Diego last night. That was a that was a good play as an underdog. I think I like them again as an underdog tonight. Lucchese's a decent pitcher. He's on a nine inning shutout streak going into this game. Zach Godley can't keep uh, the walks down. Uh, he's his command and control is all over the place right now. And Arizona is one of the streakiest teams in baseball all season long. Got off to a great start, had a terrible slide after that. Then they got hot again, and now they're in the tank again. They're one and six in their last seven games. They're laying a buck forty. I think they're laying two high of a price there. San Diego Live at about plus 130. Ian Cameron, you can find him over at the sportsbookreview.com YouTube page, sportsmemo.com Thanks for the time, Babano. Alright boys, have a good weekend. You too. Ian Cameron uh, with us. Game Time Decision continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
Tony Parker signed a, a two-year deal. Speaking of old, he's Travis Lule. Tony Parker's... Yeah, uh, he's the, the captain of the geriatrics? Yeah. <laughs> We're old. So Michael Michael Jordan, great player, bad general manager. Oh, he's horrible. You're absolutely right. Tony Best Parker signed a, a two-year deal, $10 million. So he's not getting a lot of money, but uh, with Charlotte. Yeah. Two years, too. Like, why would you... <laughs> How about Uno? You tell him, no, How tell about him, Uno? You get one we'll year. on you month by month. Yeah. <laughs> day to day, month to month. Yeah, two years. Like, this guy's <laughs> going to last two years. That's uh, might not yet last. Uh, you said it. Like, he might not even get through the season. So, it looks like the um, the San Antonio Spurs, as we know it, uh, is pretty much coming to a uh, close here. I always figured at this point, Tony Parker would just retire uh, as a member of the um, Spurs. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, after all this. Yeah, why would you want to go out with like playing one one year? Like it's just uh, you're not you're winning your spur for life. You're not winning anything in Charlotte, exactly. And you only got five million dollars a year. So what's the hell's the point? Yep, I think uh, this is pretty much the Spurs probably just didn't want him. Yeah, and it's been a slice, and he, he, he and, and he still and, wants to play. And he doesn't want to. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't want to. Uh, he doesn't want to call it a day yet. Yeah, he doesn't want to hang him up. Somebody give you five million dollars to 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 play? Why not? You know what? After basketball, these guys, uh, they're used to that lifestyle, Gabe. Lots of money. you got to keep up that lifestyle. That's why a lot of guys stay in the league longer. Very, very expensive. Uh, and, and a lot of guys piss away their uh, their uh, millions of dollars pretty easily, too. A lot of bad investments. Bad investments going around. Well, he made some bad decisions. You remember he uh, banged one of his teammates' uh, wives there. Bad decision. <laughs> and on top of yeah. it, his own wife was Eva Longoria. Yeah, that's another thing. Who's not a bad wife. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I don't understand where guys are sniffing around for uh, strange when they have something, like, nice at home. All right. Um, so this is something I wanted to get to that we didn't get to. Uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are yeah. uh, reportedly planning a $10 million winner-take-all match, which to me this is a lot like uh, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. <laughs> fighting again like we would have cared 15 years ago like to me this just leaves a bad taste in my mouth like phil you're a cheater and now like what two weeks later we're supposed to love you and what cheer for you to make 10 million dollars like is the money gonna go to charity it's like no it's like for them who's gonna spawn like who's i uh that, the question I have is, do they put up their own money? This is, no, they're not going to put up then their I, own then, money. Then I couldn't give a shit right, about well, it. Well, let's go on here. I, I want to bet. In, all right. Uh, he told Golf.com that they were close to working out a deal to play in Las Vegas, but it fell through. He suggested the sides are still committed to making it happen. They were going to play on July 3rd, but they couldn't make it work. We're working on a different date. I thought it would be done, uh, but uh, it wasn't. The winner take all is, will be $10 million and involve a television network and corporate interests. They're going to have to give money to charity. You would hope. Well, the Tiger Woods has his own foundation, right? Yeah, you can't, what, you can't, like, pull, like, oh, look, these two rich guys are playing for $10 million. To me, though, I'm not even kidding. This is, like, two aging boxers fighting or something like that. Who gives a shit? Tiger, you know what? How about you go win a damn tournament? And Phil Mickelson, you know, how about you F off? <laughs> Stupid cheater. I, I got to be honest with you. What are you going to call this? The battle of yeah, cheating? Yeah, well, they used to have the battle. One man the cheated on his wife. The other man <laughs> cheated on the green and the game. 
That was fantastic. That's a great intro. Cheaters. What <laughs> cheat? The cheater. Of one, one cheated on his one, wife. One, the one other cheated on his wife, but with thirty-two <laughs> porn stars, the other cheated on the game. And IHOP waitresses. Yeah, no, honestly, Gabe, and I'm a huge golf fan. I couldn't give a shit. I care about the regular tournaments. I I'm not going to real. Ooh, Phil and Tiger are playing for ten million dollars. Know what I'd care? I would care a little bit more. Say me and you, you put up $10 million of your own money. Yeah, of course they're That's not. something yeah, I well, want to yeah. Oh, yeah, with a, oh, yeah, American Express's money. You guys are big shots, Yeah, exactly. Huh? Why don't you put up your own money? Yeah, they're not going to. Of course they're not. So, that, you know what? If you're not putting up your own money, I don't care about it. They should money. also play with, like, uh, like, alligators all over the course. That make it interesting. For $10 million, <laughs> you guys got to dodge, like, alligators yeah. and rhinos. Oh, my like, God. We dump some scorpions out yeah, there. Yeah, like, we get to bring in and import some, like, killer rhinos from Africa and stuff. It's like, all right, Phil. You know what yeah. I mean? Can you go out there? No, no. That's, 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 that's the thing. We'll say, all right, I'm down, but this must be played in an African safari. <laughs> And you guys are just sort of fair game. Like, yeah, whatever yeah. happens, and hey. if you survive, winner gets $10 million. If a lion bites you, he bites you. $10 million. Yes. He's got a bunch of kids uh, stuck in the cave, and these jackasses are talking like, about $10 million. I know. Because well, you don't have enough money, Phil? You haven't fleeced enough corporate businessmen? You didn't fleece the, the presidents of AT&T enough during your weekend rounds? I was reading about it, Cam. He's made more money on that than, like, like dude, for some reason, these corporate guys, they're gamblers, Cam. So they'll bet Phil they Nicholson $200,000 if they can beat him. Phil will give him, I'll give you six strokes. Buddy. Like I was reading that Phil has literally made more money cash games. fleecing corporate America and these like president yep. of Pizza Hut, president yep. of AT&T, rich actors. Sort of like Michael Jordan. Like with Kevin Sorbo. Hercules. Kevin Sorbo was playing golf with Jordan. Sorbo told me that uh, Jordan said, um, all right, we, you know, we're going to bet. And uh, he said, uh, how does 200000 a hole sound? And Sorbo said, hey, are you kidding me? <laughs> and Jordan said, you're Hercules. Come on. You make money. And he said, no. Uh, no, actually, no. no. <laughs> How about 1000 a hole? And uh, <laughs> yeah. they actually played for 10000 a hole. And Jordan, Jordan, it was a good line. Jordan told him, what, what, what makes you uncomfortable? So that's the thing. Like, these guys are like, they, they're playing for big money. You know, like Charles Barkley's been known to play golf, even though he's not that good, for like a million dollars. Yeah, stuff, exactly. You know? And I'll tell you a story about rich guys when I used to work at a country They're club. gamblers. If yes. I had money, yes. and I'm not even good, Cam. If I was a multimillionaire, somebody talks shit, I'd be out there. All right, we're going to the links. Let's go. I'd easily try. I'll, I'll play it for 20K right now. Well, <laughs> yeah, let me mean? tell you something. I worked at the club. The richest golfers yeah, there. Yeah. They'd come up to the back shop and go, who wants a cash game? Because a lot of the guys I played with are really good because they played golf every day. They'd go out there. The rich guy would take like your buddy's like five thousand dollars and a fund that he had. You'd be crying like they, they. It's it's almost like a job to make a poor person poor. Yeah. Like I like I don't care. Like I'm I'm richer than you. It's and, like being a and, pool and, hustler. And, and, They're yeah, golf yeah, hustlers. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a billiard yeah, hustler. For sure, yeah. golf hustler. Exactly. The, the golf hustlers. And the thing is, too, they when they know you need the money, they got the edge. That's a that, that's another problem. No, these guys used to do it, man. Card games. Side golf tournaments. I saw buddies of mine Jordan, lose thousands to these turkeys. Jordan Spieth was uh, talking about. Uh, they asked uh, Tony Robo and Spieth play a lot. Yeah, Robo's good. And uh, they obviously they're they're betting when they play. And they asked Spieth um, how many strokes he gives them. Have you? Has he ever beaten oh, yeah. you? And he says no. And they're like, is it ever close? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're like, well, how much, uh, how much, you know? He goes, well, I don't want to say. And then he goes, well, I can't say that uh, he paid for my boat, and he started laughing. So basically, Romo is probably a pretty stubborn, competitive guy. Yeah, They're not to... playing for a hundred bucks, right? No. So Romo's probably telling him, "All right, let's go, Jordan." He's got a nice. You con- give me six strokes. Yeah, let's let's go. Twenty-five k. Let's go. Romo's not right. hurting. <laughs> Romo's not hurting for money, though, Gabe. No, can afford it. It's like us betting two hundred bucks. Yep. Right. Yep. That's the thing. Exactly. It's like you and but, I. All right, we're going to. Oh, we, let's put two hundred bucks on the. You round. bring up the biggest point, though. I have no, I have no desire to see them play. If, if there's no risk on any of their part. The fact that they're not playing with their own money disgusts me. Winner, take all. Winner, put up winner take bucks. all. Loser, loser retires. Oh, wrestling. Loser leaves tour. That's match. good. <laughs> loser retires. Like you said, what are you guys putting up? What, so Visa and BMW put something up? <laughs> loser leaves the tour. Loser, leaves, leave, loser leaves the tour. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. Yeah, losers banished. <laughs> Lose, losers banished. Thing uh, is, I remember many, many, many years ago. Remember they had the um, the Monday night showdown. Well, I used to stuff. like that. Under the lights, yep. Al Michaels and ABC. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was fun. It was like Annika Stormson yeah. and you Chicks know, versus Tiger guys. Woods versus Tiger whatever. Woods and Kelly Keeney. They'd have mixed teams. Annika yeah. Stormson played against the man once, just head to head. Remember, it was yep. I don't know who it was. Who it was. She actually played a couple of PGA Tour events as a uh, female. Yeah, too. she did, but she she played on one of these head-to-head yep. things. I think it was against Garcia, or just she was with Garcia yep. against whatever. Yeah. But they used to have sort of fun Monday night under the lights, and it wasn't obscene for a ton of money, uh, but it was a cool format because it was just sort of head-to-head and different. Yeah. So I don't mind this, but for $10 million, it's just tacky. You're both rich, and you're both jerks. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's not a lot to uh, that I, I want to jump in on this. I, I'm with you. I'd, I'd rather watch a regular uh, tour event. And with two guys, we can't even play DFS on them. All right. Well, I got something real cool. Yeah. I don't know about got, you when I you got were killed. I got Ben Lahari, Gabe. He's leading this golf tournament at 71 in the six-pack. Yay. Uh, did you? Were you? Good stuff. We'll go run through the leaderboard. Camp, got, Camp's doing his Camp's killing it. Draft I don't know what's golf. going on now, man. All of a sudden, Gabe, like I got uh, four guys. That, they're, they're doing okay. I just need a really big You had a good baseball lineup last night, too. Yeah. We, uh, we came uh, six. See, the more pot shots I take, you you bounce back. You're coming you know back. It is. I almost think it's kind of cool. Like, I like taking pot shots because when you rip me or go Cam's DFS team blows, I usually have good nights. So keep on doing it. <laughs> <laughs> don't be nice. All uh, right, now don't don't worry. Uh, <laughs> what story are you talking about? This is pretty cool. This one crept up on me. Travis Pastrana. You know uh, Travis Pastrana. Pastrami. Pastrana. Pastrana. What's he do? He's that. He's like that X. Uh, that X Games guy. X Games. Oh, okay. X Games. Uh, yep. Motorcycle dude. Oh, those those guys are wild. He is going to uh, reenact and attempt. Oh yeah, the evil, the evil, yes, evil yes, Caesar's yes. Palace. I yes. wish I was there. Man. Oh, that, that, you know what? That, see, th- hey, hey, hey. This is the opposite of Tiger Woods and Phil. A guy yes. could die doing this. Yes, and he's doing it for a hell of a he's less. Re- than- exactly, he's <laughs> risking his life. <laughs> yes, for and not for ten. How much money is he going to make? I want to know how much money he's going to make. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, not ten million. I can o- tell you that. No, the only thing is, oh, we'll try to find out how much yeah. he's getting for this. Probably, I don't know. I'd have to say a mil. It's on the History Network. uh, Okay, what do you think? For risking your life? I think they're only giving them a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. 
sounds about right. Caesar's Palace is probably giving him a nice. I hope Caesar's chips in. Well, you're getting a free, you got to be getting a free room for life. If <laughs> you hey, evil, evil. You didn't pay your resort fees. So no, I saw an interview with Travis, and I was a big Evil Can Evil fan when I was a kid. Oh, man, I love this guy. Oh, he's wicked. So um, man, when he crashed in the Houston Astrodome, so basically Evil Can Evil at Caesar's Palace in 1967, he knew he was screwed. Like, he knew. Like, before, he knew he wasn't going to make it. But he couldn't back out. So he yeah. w- he was on the motorcycle, and he looked around. It's like ABC, Wild World yeah, of Sports. Exactly. It's like, you know, there's all these people at Caesar's Palace. And he said, well, that's the life of a daredevil. He goes, you know, you're there to entertain the people. And Travis said the same thing. Travis said, you know what? I don't know, man. He goes, I should. I'm going to pull this off, but... He goes, I'll tell you one thing. Once I get up there, there's no turning back. Exactly. He and actually could die. You are risking your life to do this. He's got a much better motorcycle than Evil Knievel had. Dude, Evil Knievel, bro. He was, he was, he was on like a, I think he was on an Indian, but like. It was a suicide mission. Dude, it was like wood little planks <laughs> and like. It wasn't like yeah. the technology. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? When he gets to the around. <laughs> yeah, it's not really going too far. No, like the, the <laughs> physics didn't work. Yeah, like, exactly. they, like they could have said, hey, dude, no, don't, like, don't try if this. If we were back in yeah. time now, like anyone would have said, listen, kind of like what you said about John Daly with the golf ball. Like it's it went up and it yeah. didn't make it. Yeah, like somebody would have said, listen, evil, you're not going to make it. Like the physics of the bike <laughs> and the ramp do not add up they, they here. Right? Like they you're not going to make it. They don't. And that's what happened. He fell short. Like, he made it over the fountain, no problem. But he, when he landed, he missed the ramp. He landed yeah. on the top of the ramp. Smash. And, oh, yeah. I got a lot of... I don't know how he's alive. I got a lot of respect for people like that. Like, if you're willing to, like, be a daredevil and risk your life, these are the type of people that deserve I watched money. A documentary. more money for more risk. I watched a documentary on Evil Knievel, man. He's an insane dude, man. Like, he was freaking crazy when he was a kid. He was crazy as, like, an adult. Like, you know, car chases with the cops. And he basically did this just because he was a psycho. Like, this yeah. is what he... Remember Evil Knievel Jr.? Yeah. He could... <laughs> Junior. He tried, but it was like, bro, you're going to yeah, die. Yeah. You, you got to stop. You're like, not, you're just, yeah. You can't live in your dad's shadow. No, that's the thing. Evil Knievel? If we have anyone younger tuning in right now and you don't know Evil Knievel... I tweeted it out yesterday the Caesars Palace. <laughs> Check out Evil Knievel from the the Astrodome. Cam, he crashed like every time. Like, I don't think Evil Knievel ever had a successful jump. In his career? He, well, he, he, he's had to have to do something right to have the opportunity to do these. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Okay, you know how he got started? Actually, he jumped over a bunch of school yeah. buses yeah, in California. Right. Yeah, successfully. Yeah. And then, but the problem was. He took his game up to a like impossible notch. He was Dredom, this, that. Like the other ones were not humanly possible. He was a dreamer. A dreamer. <laughs> he was a dreamer. He, he was a dreamer. With balls. <laughs> Big kahunas. That guy's uh, no, some of the stuff that's crazy stunts, man. That's that's wild. I'm glad though that Travis uh, Pastran is keeping the uh, he's keeping the uh, the memory alive. You gotta Buddy out there Sounds like they've got a whale out there. Hey, dude, are you playing a trombone or is, <laughs> is that a whale? I know it sounds like there's a whale uh, screaming for help. All right. Uh, to keep his name in the news after the, uh, <laughs> listen to this one. To keep his name in the news after, the, he didn't know what to do after doing the Vegas one. 
Evil Knievel proposed his biggest stunt ever. A motorcycle jump across the Grand Canyon. Oh, me! (laughs) Bye-bye! Just five months after nearly dying in Las Vegas, Knievel performed another jump on May 25th in Scottsdale. Evil crashed while attempting to jump 15 Ford Mustangs. He ended up breaking his right leg and his foot. He returned to racing in Carson City. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Talking about uh, Phil Mickelson and the Tiger Woods being a bunch of wusses. Evil can evil. Now he was the man. So uh, this is a great one. So you know the, the phrase jumping the shark. Jump, jump the shark. Jump the shark, yeah. Came from Evil Can Evil, then subsequently the Fonz. Hey. Hey, happy days. <laughs> Hey, Mr. C. So on January 31st, 1977, uh, Evil was scheduled for a major jump in Chicago. The jump was inspired by the film Jaws. Evil was scheduled to jump a tank full of live sharks that would be televised live nationally on ABC. <laughs> like, you can't do this stuff now. No, no, you, they wouldn't let you. I'm sorry. I'm They'd not, be like, no, no you can't no, jump they're, they're a bunch like, of sharks. You could actually... Miss the jump. This sounds like out of the Simpsons, yeah. though, almost. Yeah, like, just like to th- think about it, though. He jumps, like, the guy nearly dies, like, 22 times. And, like, pretty much every day, Cam, he woke up. I want to do it again. What can I do, like, <laughs> with it all? Like, keep me, like, you know, well, how can I keep this going? So, Jaws is popular. So, they actually filled a tank full of sharks up. All right. During the rehearsal, Evil Knievel lost control of the motorcycle Crashed into a cameraman. <laughs> wow. Although Evil Knievel broke both of his arms, he was more distraught over what he claimed was permanent eye injury to the cameraman. The cameraman was admitted to the hospital and received treatment for an injury to his eye, but received no permanent injury. The footage of this crash is so upsetting to Evil Knievel. <laughs> he did not watch it for 19 years. Wow. Pretty crazy for a guy like him. Well, because... That he embraces this stuff, that that jump shark, the, the jump in the shark where he crashed. So the sharks were there. They were going to do it, but he tested it. But he lost control, flew into a cameraman. You know what it tells me? Has haunted him. Yeah. He couldn't watch that crash. It tells me, even though he's insane and he'll do anything, he he's felt a great bad. guy. He's a great yeah, guy. He felt bad about no. crashing yeah. into the camera. He's like, listen, I'm the, he told I'm the, the camera before, yeah. it's good. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, I got you. I'm yeah. not going to crash in here. But. But the thing is, it's happened. He sort of have a team of cameramen because you got to be a nut job to be like even around these guys yeah. and film this stuff. Damn, right? Damn right. Yeah, you, great point. <laughs> not, not every cameraman. Yeah, I'll go stand underneath the ramp with the shark. Honestly, if you, were, if you, 
Imagine you, telling you, Cam, right. you show up at the radio station. It's like, all right, Cam, we got a promo today where we got a shark tank and we got a dude going to jump over the motorcycle. We need you to film it from underneath. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a great, great angle. <laughs> Be like, there's no way in hell I'm going anywhere near that no, tank or no, the motorcycle. No, my luck, the glass would break and a shark would come out and attack me. That's uh, what would happen. Later that year on uh, on TV, Happy Days copied the Evil Knievel stunt with a motorcycle riding character. Fonzie performed a similar trick, albeit on water skis. Water skis. <laughs> Inspiring the creation, jump the shark. Interesting. That was a good lesson. I didn't even, I didn't even know where that uh, saying came from. Snake, he jumped, uh, he jumped over Snake River Canyon. <laughs> Snake River. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, do something crazy. Yeah, well, you, you, we talked about this. You can't have things where, like, you're going to go into, like, a pit of barracudas or sharks or anything like that now because if you fail the stunt, you're dead unless you sedate the, 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 the sharks. In 1971, he built a... Uh, <laughs> he built... He built a rocket. He got like a, a bunch of dudes to put a rocket on the back of his motorcycle. Oh, that's <laughs> wicked. <laughs> he also tried to fly in an evil Knievel rocket. They, they actually tried. It's funny here. Vince McMahon invested. ABC Wild World of Sports was unwilling to pay the price evil Knievel wanted for the Snake River Canyon jump. So he hired boxing promoter Bob Arum to put the event on closed circuit television. Investors in the event took a substantial loss, including promoter Don Branker as well as Vince McMahon Got of the them. World Wrestling. That was in 1970. Man, you know what? Vince McMahon has been. He's, he's just been. I'll give him so much. Like he'll put money into any crazy. Like he's. He, what he, you're he's, jumping over a yeah. bunch of snakes? I'm in. I'll invest in it. What? What do you got going on here? What do you got going on over here? I'm Vincent K. McMahon. <laughs> got to hand it to him. Yeah, what else? Uh, the the King's Island jump, the shark jump. Yeah, yeah. this is this is great stuff. All right, this, listen to this. <laughs> this is great. Caesar's Palace. All right. Uh, so he got he got the idea actually. He was in town watching a boxing uh, match. All right, he was there for the WBA WC lightweight belt. To get an audience at the casinos, Evil Knievel created a, f- a fictitious corporation called Evil Knievel Enterprises and three fictitious lawyers to make phone calls. All right, blah, blah, blah. He went on about uh, jumping here. So on the morning of the jump, Evil Knievel stopped in at Caesar's Palace and placed his last $100 on the blackjack table, which he lost. Yeah, that sounds about right. Stopped by the, shot, stopped by the bar, had a shot of wild turkey. I like this guy's style. So, so basically, basically, like that was his sort of like his last right. meal. Like bye that, bye. His last yeah. thing. He yeah. went. He bet hundred bucks. Okay. I lost my chance. He went. He had a shot, <laughs> and then he went outside. And I well, could die. <laughs> See, they wouldn't even let you do that now. Like you can't have a shot of wild no, turkey you before you do this stunt. No, I, 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 I know. No, I'm totally against drinking and driving. But one shot of wild turkey when you're going to take your life, in, I, I, I think that should be allowed. I'm sorry. I, don't you? All right. After his normal pre-jump show and a few warm-up approaches, Evil began his uh, real approach. All right. This is great. When he hit the uh, the takeoff ramp, he claimed that he felt the motorcycle unexpectedly decelerate. The sudden loss of power on the takeoff caused Knievel to come up short and land on the safety ramp, which was supported by a van. That caused the uh, handlebars to re- be ripped out of his hands as he tumbled over onto the pavement. 
and which he then skidded into the dunes parking lot. I like that. <laughs> so he starts at Caesars. He, he gets up skidding all the way into the dunes. I like that. As a result of the crash, Evil Knievel su- suffered a crushed pelvis and femur, fractured uh, fractured his hip, wrist, both ankles, concussion, and kept him in the hospital. Rumors circulated he was in a coma for 29 days. That was refuted by his wife and others in the documentary Being Evil. The Caesars Palace crash was Evil's longest attempted motorcycle jump, 141 feet. After his trasher recovery, uh, Knievel was more famous than ever. And ABC uh, TV that bought the rights to the jump, paying uh, far more than originally would have if they televised the jump live. So that's it. He was trying to get him to pay, uh, pay him, and he wouldn't. So, Real, real hustler, man, this guy. He sure was. Real American hero. An icon. <laughs> a dreamer. I like his style, too. An icon and a friend. <laughs> friends? 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 I promise. I promise one day we will have someone jump off a motorcycle off the CN Tower, friends. Friends, I will tell you something as Premier. We are going to bring back the barrel over Niagara Falls, friends. We might. We. we <laughs> That's another thing. Nobody's tried a barrel over the falls in a long time, right? You can't do that today. Guys used to try it all the time. <laughs> Before the Caesar jump, Evil Knievel asked his friend, a combined insurance sales agent, to sell him <laughs> 10 accident policies. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Imagine trying to get. Imagine trying to get, like, insurance if you were this dude. You're not getting any. Uh, this is gold, yeah. 141 feet, but like I said, he's going to have a better motorcycle and stuff. He'll be all right. He'll be able to pull this off. When, it, when, is, when, when is it again? It's July 8th. July I think it's this Sunday, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. How much is Travis? July 8th. That's perfect. I wonder how much he is getting paid for this. I'm going to say, okay, jumping around. I'm going to say 500000 I'm going to say 250000 uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, plus I think they're going to lowball him. Plus endorsements. Now, I, I'm going to say he's getting like 300 to 500 k from the TV network, and Caesar's Palace probably pretty cheap. Yeah. I'm saying 250 total. We'll probably offer him a total. Rate. Yeah. Probably a sweet. Is there yeah, a, 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 We'll comp you. How much? <laughs> Does it say? I'd, I'd like to know how much he makes because uh, it's that, that's a big risk. Think about these other these other guys are going out for a Sunday stroll on a golf course for ten million dollars. Come on now, ridiculous. All right. How much is he getting paid? I don't know. It's going to be tough to. Yeah. Hope uh, hopes to he hopes to clear. Two fifty uh, is about my maximum. I think everything we need to know. Well, we need to know how much he's getting paid. <laughs> that's what I like to know. All right, Travis Pastrana has more than earned his reputation as a bona fide action sport icon, one of the most decorated freestyle uh, athletes in X Games history. He's the motocross champion. Um, he uh, performed in 2006 the first ever dirt bike double backflip. He's the guy who backflipped a motorcycle uh, between two rooftops. Wow, that's awesome. He went awesome. skydiving shirtless uh, without a parachute. <laughs> Come on. This guy's pretty good. Yeah, he's a nut job. He's, 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 he's a nut job. All right, so here's some of the facts. Uh, all right, so the all right, so the actual fountain itself. Let's see, a few crush cars, bus jump. No, all right, let's get to the fountain jump. Yeah, it's 141 feet. 
Yep. 141 feet. That's what it is over the fountain. The fountain is fixed. The, uh, the approach ramp, 48 feet, man. Imagine going up that rush. Oh, you're going up. There's no turning back. No, you no, can't you, stop. No, you have to be, like, you got to believe you're going to do it, too. Any any doubt, you're dead. Yeah, it's it's different, man. Those guys, they got, I don't I, they live in a different world. I, I think I get the history network. Yeah, you do. I get the hopefully, history. I get the history network. Hopefully, we can bet on it. Will he do it? The answer is yes. Let's check Travis Pastrana. I don't think he can bet on Come on, there's got to be odds. There's, there's odds on hot dog eating contest. Yeah, but if he doesn't do it, the thing bad things are going to happen. He's going to be real hurt. All right, here we go. Here we go. Is he favored? Let's see. All right, he's yep. actually doing. This is pretty. Uh, it's pretty crazy. He's recreate. He's recreating all of Evil Knievel's jumps. I was a little confused by this. All right, so will he be successful of jumping over sixteen buses? Yes. Yes is minus three hundred. No is plus two two hundred. Will he be successful to jump over fifty two cars? Yes. That's minus 220. Wow. They're saying no. The odds are no. Minus 200 that he successfully jumps. He needs to land properly. So if he lands, oh, for, it for, crashes. For the fountain jump. Yeah. So what What are the odds to succeed? Plus one. Plus 150. I'm in. Succeed. I think he's going to succeed as well. Plus 150. You think he's not going to succeed? This guy, no. He wouldn't be different do- times. He wouldn't do this if he didn't already know he could do it. I, right? I think succeed is the bet. He, like, Evil Knievel was a psychopath. Travis Pastrana is not a psychopath. And you, bring up, more you, of a, you bring up different points, too, about the modern bike in comparison to before. Well, There's a lot of things that are going. He's probably got better shocks. Uh, you know, when he's landing it. Like, when, evil, when Evil Knievel, if he was alive... He would see some of the things that these Xbox guys, these Xbox X Games guys are doing. He'd be like, that's crazy. I'm not doing yeah. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're, like, you see Pastrana, man. A guy flies off a top of stadiums and stuff, Cam. Like, literally, like, massive drops. Like, crazy, like, heights and stuff. And hits it. and lands it. Yeah, so he's not, he's not intimidated by it. And he's got good, good motors. He's got a better motorcycle. Better, better everything. I mean, to me, there's not a hope in hell he doesn't do it. The only thing is he could, he'll make it. He could, dude, you're jumping 141 feet in the air. Anything can happen when you so, land, right? That's the question. So he, he goes through the air. He clears it. He, 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 he needs lands to land wobbles. He needs to land. He can wobble, but he can't. He can't, he can't crash no. after clearing the distance. Yeah, uh, I don't know. When you're wobbling at that speed, you're going to uh, crash. So. You're, yeah, you're pretty well done. Interesting. I say yes. Yeah, I like I, I like succeed to plus one fifty. I think that's a better bet. I say he yes. can make it. Let's see if uh, mybookie.ag. Uh, Cam's going to be leaving in a couple of moments. Got the prince coming in. I actually got a uh, got uh, I forgot man. This show flew by. I've got cold pizza here. If you want a slice on the way out. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Your freezer looks great too. There's a lot of really nice ice cream up there. It's just ice cream boxes for the most part, but <laughs> they still look good. All right, specials, special <laughs> wagers, specials. Oh yeah, we we didn't do that Pope wager yet. That's coming up. 
Gambling Olympics. What the hell is that? Well, Gambling Olympics, like a bunch of capper dudes doing some sort of. Yeah. Team Jennings. Uh, beer pong Team type Bales. crazy yeah, exactly. shit. Yeah. Peter Jennings, not the newscaster, 10 to 1, Paul Leduca. Yes, sir. My bookie yeah. has it, baby. Really? Yes, sir. What's it under? Oh, uh, yeah. My bookie's on top of things here. Mybookie.ag. Is it under motorsports? It is under uh, special wagers. Special wagers. Okay, perfect. All right, here he is. Will Travis uh, Pastrana and Caesar's Palace Fountain Jump be successful? Yes. Ooh, they're yeah, they're not dumb. It's yes minus one fifty. No plus yeah. one ten. Yeah, it's he's gonna be. All right, here you can get more specific. He's doing all this stuff on one day too. Like, like, look at it says because it says wager cut off July eighth, July eighth. So he's doing, yeah, he's doing uh, sixteen Greyhound buses. Great time to be in Vegas. Fifty-two right now. cars, just hanging around oh, Caesar's Palace. What a great night! No, I thought he was only doing one thing. Going to battery, you have your drinks out there. Hey, hey, let's go, <laughs> You're right, man. Like this is an extravaganza. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. crazy. Fantastic. Okay, Strama's landing place on uh, Caesar's Palace Fountain Jump. Top of the ramp plus three hundred, middle of the ramp plus one fifty, bottom of the ramp plus three hundred, clears the ramp plus four hundred in the fountain. <laughs> in the fountain plus eight hundred. He's not that, gonna land in the fountain. That would be, <laughs> that'd be pretty good TV. Plus one fifty, middle of the ramp. He, yeah, yeah, it's think, gonna be middle of the ramp. Yeah, yeah. They've got this down to a science. He's probably practiced this I like almost a won. million times. The only right? other one I'd look at is if he went really bonkers, clears the ramp. Yeah, if he really one. wanted to really sort of just. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do you got for us, Cam? I got some stuff for you, Gabe. I'm going to take the yar. Pittsburgh Pirates tonight. Baseball board's very, very difficult. Small place. Minnesota Twins against Baltimore. I'm just, it's only 45 cents, and Baltimore's a train wreck. A two-team parlay with Houston and Boston. You have to lay 40 cents, but I really like that one. In the CFL, hey, we're going to take, I'm going to lay eight with Ottawa. I think they actually beat down Montreal in a seven-point teaser with Ottawa minus one over 41 and a half. We get there tonight because last night we got screwed. You know, every time I take a teaser to the under, I never win, but I don't know why I'm going to the under tonight, and I think it can go under. You've had a no. This is the night it goes over game because uh, it's not going to be under forever. Points, points, points. To be 41 and a half slow. We've got the Prince. Sean Engel's going to join us. He'll join us in about 20 minutes' time. We'll talk some uh, Daytona, Coca-Cola. Is it Coke Zero? Coke Zero, no sugar. Coke Zero, no sugar, 400. Made 